Welcome to the Jeff Gross Podcast. This episode is brought to you in partnership with Party Poker. Go to PartyPoker.com to play tournaments, cash games, and improve your poker game. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast to hear all of my future episodes. All right. Welcome, everyone. We are joined by Mr. Luke Schwartz, known as Full Flush One. Luke, how you doing, man? Oh, good. How are you? I'm good, man. I'm, I'm good. I saw you not too long ago. You were playing some, some high-stakes mixed games over in the UK, uh, ran into you, and you know, I know you've been, you've been frequenting the, the high-stakes games and, and doing very well. You had a nice showing live at Nottingham. You actually have, rarely see it where a guy gets up a couple hundred Gs and then gets asked to leave, which is kind of fun. It's actually happened to me one time, and I was kind of like, all right, whatever, right? Like, it's like if you're stuck and get asked to leave, it's insane, but you're up. You know, you chill, take a win. Uh, let's, uh, we'll get to that later, but tell us a little bit about those that maybe don't know you. Most people know you in the poker world. Tell us a little bit about how you got into poker, um, you know, when you first saw it, and, and tell us a little bit about your upbringing. <clears throat> um, well, actually, I got into poker. I did some other gambling first, but I was introduced to poker by my parents um, very young age, maybe like even nine or ten or something like that. Because my parents are actually American and, well, they lived in America and my dad's fully American. Anyway, so I used to go to New York for um, like summer holidays and shit. And it would be a traditional thing to play seven card stud with like family members for cents or coppers or whatever. Um, I never heard that term. Coppers? What's that? Just for Yeah, I mean, coppers is just like the bronze, like the bronze money. So it's, the not, pennies, it's not all that money. Pennies, yeah. The, the yeah, pennies, stuff, pennies, yeah. Yeah, pigeons, pennies. pennies yeah. Um, oh, that's cool. So your family was like into it. They were like even yeah, like... They, yeah, yeah. And it was kind of like... And I remember actually having... Um, I actually remember a hand when I had quad, quad deuces from like this. It could be 25 years ago. And... Um, I remember that hand, and but I remember still losing on the night. And I remember my my aunt saying to me, "Well, you you paid to have fun, type thing." So it was like, I mean, obviously I didn't pay; I didn't have any money then. But she's like, because I really wanted to win, and I didn't win. Right? And she's like, "Yeah, but you paid for the enjoyment, even if you lose a, a dollar or two or whatever." So right. that was my first uh, like kind of experience. Well, when did you first kind of, so did that, I would imagine that sort of died a bit or just was like, all right. Some yeah, that kind of, obviously I became a teenager and then didn't do so much like uh, family stuff, or whatever. I got into other stuff and, uh, and then, um, you know, I think I was about 18. I used to, um, I used to play actually pub fruit machines. Like I, I met, I met this guy I, I knew from, um, from my days of doing graffiti and doing wild shit like that. And I was out in a club in, in London at a place called Cheapskates. I remember it, um, where you could get like the dirtiest, cheapest alcohol for like one pound. So like all students and shit would go there. It was actually anyway, called, cheap, about, it was called cheap steaks? It, no, Cheapskates. Cheapskates, Cheapskates. Okay, yeah. All right. Yeah. Makes, okay. And so a lot of people used to go there. And, um, and I met this guy in there who I, I used to know from back in the day. And I'd heard that he was making money from um, like – uh, fruit machines, which is like in the UK in, in pubs or bars, there's always like a slot machine, basically. It's like a 25 pound jackpot or 15 pound jackpot. It was back then. And I said to him, oh, teach me how to do it. And uh, very nicely of him, he basically showed me the ways. Uh, so the next day we went out and um, he showed me a, a few tricks on different machines. There was like a machine called Pie Factory where there was a cheat where you could get 
that every time you got a jackpot, there was a little way of getting another jackpot straight away. So, um, so I'd go around hustling like um, I got pretty good. He, t- he taught me a few things. I learned a few things. Uh, and I'd go around all day. This was just when I was at like university. I'd, I'd skip university. I'd take the train back to London and um, go hustling fruit machines all day, going from pub to pub, like buying a uh, 50 pence uh, black currant soda water, not even drinking anything, going straight to the machine, winning like 10, 15, 20 pounds and then and getting out of there before, you know, the angry fucking pub owner wanted to kick my head in. So that, that, that was kind of how I used to get money back uh, as a late teen. And then I was doing that for like a couple years. And um, a lot of the time, at the end of the day, I'd go and spend like 30 pounds or 50 pounds of whatever I won from the fruit machines. I'd put it onto William Hill Poker. Mm. I'd try and spin it up. Um, and obviously that failed for a while. But then one day I won a tournament for... Ten thousand pounds. When was that? What year was that? That was roughly? like in two thousand and four, maybe two thousand. Yeah, two thousand and four, I think. And um, and then I never played a fruit machine again. And then luckily, I mean, players were so bad that then I had a ten thousand pound roll. And pretty quickly after that, I was playing five ten no limit hold'em, like right. online. Um, let me ask you about, let me interrupt you because this fascinates me, and I actually brought this up to someone, and I'm pretty sure it has to be the reason, but. Your name is Full Flush One, and I, I, it wasn't until a few years down, you know, recently that I got, I got, you know, some nicer things and a nice toilet, and I saw the Full Flush on the, the, you know, the fancy button toilet. Is that what that's from? Is that what the no, name is? No, but whenever I went, used to go to Prague EPT, I used to always see Full Flush, uh, like, on the toilet. Okay. Yeah, no, that's just it's just random. It really, it okay, just I like, thought that was the reason. Like, it's kind of like like a gangster toilet. I was thinking like that. You were just like, yeah, this is like I got I got expensive stuff. It's a, it's a cool name, but I didn't know where it originated. No, it was originated like a little play on words, like a full house, but it's a full flush. Mm. Okay, all right, there, all right. The answer. I, I think I actually told someone that that was the reason was the toilet. So, I, but I was just guessing. So now I now we know. Okay, fair enough. So sorry to interrupt you. So okay, so you go, you're getting, you you start, you you put some money on. You're you're not quite getting it going. You then kick it into gear a bit, and and then how did you sort of like explode and get that get the roll going? So that was like 2004, late 2004, 2005, when I won that tournament for ten thousand on on the site. William Hill was part of Cryptologic. It was a beautiful software. It was lovely. Um, and then I just started grinding cash, basically, 2.5 and 5.10 and 10.20 a bit. Um, and, you know, I went broke several times back and forth um, between, say, 2005 and maybe, well, I've been broke several times back and forth over the 15 years, but between 2005, 2007 or so, um, yeah, I was going broke just playing five ten, and and then running it back up and stuff like that. Right. Um, and it was um, I went to Vegas in two fa- late two thousand and seven with um, with my friend uh, Matthews. I don't know if you know him. He might have been a bit before your time. He still plays online, but he was uh, he was a sick player back then. Basically, he used to play two hundred, four hundred PLO on full tilt, like in two thousand and eight or two thousand and seven, before everyone even knew how to play PLO. Right. Um, anyway, so I went to Vegas with him, and and he was like watching me play online, and I was like a huge nit basically, and he was like, no, 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 you gotta you gotta up the aggression basically. Right. 
Um, because obviously when I first started playing, you could just be a basic knit and, and like beat right. everything. Beat, because there were so many bad fish. I, you know? I heard Moneymaker recently was saying, that, and I forgot this, I've heard it, that it was illegal to check raise at one point in poker. You couldn't check raise. That was like a frowned upon. Well, that was the thing. When you flopped a set, you would like you would like limp with a pair and you'd flop a set and you'd lead out and they'd raise and then you'd raise and then they'd raise and then you'd seven bet all in. Right. Like, it, was, it was a very That's different crazy. game. But that's, that's all you had to do to win. Yeah. And then obviously it got a little bit different, a little bit harder. And then 2000, end of 2007, 2008, I went to Vegas with him and he goes, yo, instead of just calling, I mean, it's very simple. It's like the guy said in rounders. He's like, instead of just calling pre-flop, anytime you're going to call, just re-raise. Mm-hmm. And it's literally all he said to me. And it transformed my game completely. Right. So I literally started free-betting. I must have been free-betting like 40% of the hands. And... No one like, people don't know how to respond in their mind. Like, oh, like aces or kings or ace king suited maybe or queen. Yeah. And that's like it. And then they're just like on defense. And then they see some of your showdowns at some point. And they're probably like, what the hell? But even then, they probably don't know how to adjust, right? At yeah, that point. Ex- exactly. And, and no one really forbet or did much. And, you know, I had a very easy time. Just I always had a good instincts, um, like when people were bluffing and shit like that. I was always quite tight. And then this, this like totally reformed my game. And then I just turned into a super beast at the beginning of 2008. And like, I didn't even have any losing day for like a year or something. You know, it was like, I was playing two, five and five, 10. And then by the end of 2008, I was, I was playing 250, 500 on Betfair heads up v whoever and whenever and whatever. Right. So it was a, like, it was a sick, sick year. And I went to Bahamas in, um, 2009 that's the first time like i met a lot of other poker players that weren't like my friends like i met bring kenny out there for the first time yeah um uh, that's the first time as well like victor blom isselder got onto the scene then as well i'd been playing him a bit on the euro sites and then we we used to bat all day and um yeah had some crazy crazy swings back then and then not long after he exploded onto the scene as well yeah, I mean, you're, you're, you, there's no question. You look at back in the, the high stakes cash days, it's like the names, those, you know, Jungle Man and Isildur, Full Flush, like Antonius, Ivy, like you're in the mix playing the biggest games. I actually just noticed something on your Hen and Mob, which is maybe the most impressive thing I've ever seen in my life in poker, which I'm realizing though there's some heats and stuff, so it's smaller fields, but your first 18 results are final tables. Granted, some of that's the Premier League, right? So it's basically like final tables, but either way, it shows up, like if you look at it, the string here, the first ones aren't, right? They're, they're actual multiple, you know, just regular tournaments. So you actually went final table, final table, final table, final table, final table, and then these are kind of heats and like sit and go, so whatever, but it's just, just, how, it, just how it reads. It's like 18 uh, final tables in a row is pretty cool. Tell me about that first ever tournament you played, because that must have got you a little bit hooked that the first tournament you ever played was a final table, uh, which is which is pretty cool. So what was that like? Was that was that, 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 oh, that was in Brighton? Yeah. So yeah, yeah I mean that was very. I, I was very tight then. Everyone was very tight on that table. I remember. I remember we did like a five way deal or something. I got like ten grand and that right. was. But the, the, the 20 I was talking about was an online tournament before. But, yeah, that was my first live tournament. But it's nice. But so my, the final take, your first one you ever play, you make the finals kind of exciting, yeah. right? That happened to me, too, on my hand and mob. First ever was a FT, and it kind of gets you, like, hooked. And you're like, oh, this is, you know, this is cool or it's fun and it's it's possible and all that. So, yeah, that's cool. I mean, uh, and then and then online, though. So, yeah, tell me about that tournament. You said you got a deep in a, or a big score in that online? No, no. The, the, the online thing was kind of like just – 
made me not be not have to grind fruit machines and maybe able to play poker. Um, I've never heard that term, fruit machines. Yeah, so okay. that that was what kind of like uh, changed my my profession essentially. Right. But yeah, the tournaments you're talking about there was kind of interesting because I think that was in like 2010, and um, when I got all those like final tables and and stuff, and those were all like Eddie Hearn's shows and. They were all, that was when like live poker was kind of sick. And the funny thing about that was, um, so like the year before 2008, 2009, I was like a monster, like playing the highest, highest games or whatever. But in 2010 or uh, around that time, I, I was actually pretty broke. Uh, I had lost sort of everything that I'd won back. I mean, I put some money away in that, but I was pretty cash broke. But was that from from poker or sports? You said you had a little bit of a downfall uh, or sports kind of got you got you. That was that, the, the sports was later on. Okay. I had a big downswing on like, I didn't know. I, I, at the end of my run on full tilt, I think um, I had like maybe two mil in there at one point and I cashed out a mil and I had a mil left on there and I couldn't really get no action at um, no limit. Mm-hmm. like the DJ just came out inside and I ended up just fucking going and playing PLO versus all the guys who've been playing years. And I was like so bad at PLO. Like I really had zero experience. So I, I think I, I lost it all back pretty quickly then. Anyone in particular? Was there a couple guys you were battling? The guy was just like, you just any games going? It was just... Whatever. Yeah, it was just like, just jump in any game. Well, what it was is that it was the HA games were running back then. So it was 500, 1,000, half Hold'em, half, hold, uh, half PLO. Mm, okay. So I would jump in anyway. I got torched. And, um, and then I think my mind was just in a bad place because, I don't know, I'd lost that money. I lost some money elsewhere. So going into all those live tournaments... I didn't really have that much money or anything. And um, I remember Eddie Hearn, who's like, he runs um, Matchroom Boxing. He's like a sick boxing promoter, literally the biggest in the world. Yeah. Um, he was doing the poker shows back then, four-party poker and okay. Premier League and all that. And he's like, yo, you're a personality. You've got to get on the shows. And and I kept fucking final tabling and final tabling and, and winning the heat and then finally tabling. And I was like... It was so many times where I come second or third, and it felt like I just missed out because if I had won any of those tournaments, I'd have probably had a full tilt deal back then, and right. things things probably would have been quite different. But I just I just missed out like uh, about four different times on those final tables. Right. It's and funny then, how that works too in tournaments, like the variance, right? You could, like you know, you yeah. see Dan Coleman, Fedor Holtz, like these kind of heaters and stuff that happen. Um, you know, Bonomo had one as well. And then there's like times like Mercier back in the day, it's like you lose a flip or you win or you could you could be good, bad, or better the other guy could be better, it doesn't matter. Yeah. You're a twelve to one chip lead, you don't win, you, you get unlucky and all of a sudden some guy wins three tournaments in a row and people say he's the best in the world and it's exactly. kinda funny how it works in tournaments, right? It's such a yeah. such a fine line between you know how that all goes down different than cash games where Very it's more different. consistent but but you're still good results so you're making money you're doing well and, and then and then where does it go from there what what kind of uh what are you doing at that point so that was probably like 2010 2011 um then i had my first child um i think um i felt pressure of that a bit like i turned a bit nitty again after that i kind of lost my mojo a bit Okay. Uh, maybe it wasn't for that. Maybe it was from going kind of broke from before. Um, so, you know, I had a, a few couple rough years between, say, 2011 and – well, they weren't that rough. I mean, they were up and they were very swingy. Like, uh, I went to Vegas and in 2012. 
I had hardly ever played any mixed games. I mean, I had played it a bit. I thought I was really good. But um, and I ended up coming fourth in the 50k for 400. Yeah, I see that right now. That's pretty pretty sick. That's Which like the most like sick. I was just fucking clicking buttons, basically. <laughs> what um, is that? Let me find that. That was 2012. Yeah. yeah so right that was here. like a, that was an okay year actually. And I think I think 2013 kind of uh, didn't go so well. And the, yeah, I was kind of just like hustling up and down for those the, the next couple of years, actually. You say, you say first child. How many do you have? Two or? Two kids, yeah. And how old are they now? Nine and four. And what are you, you're 35? Yeah, 35, 35, yeah. Okay, yeah, I just had my, I got a 10-month-old. It's It definitely oh, is. I didn't know that. Congratulations. Yeah, thanks. It's great. It is. It's kind of one of, it's hard though, right? Because it's like you like playing, you want to travel, you want to do stuff, but you also want to be involved. And it's like you try to find that right balance, what's right and wrong. Yeah. It's a bit it's tricky. Hard. I mean. Yeah, poker, you got your own schedule, right? So it's actually yeah. a blessing, but at the same time, you can find yourself kind of like, you know, struggling with that because then you actually, it's like, oh, I don't have to work nine to five. And then what do I, I don't know. That's kind of where I'm at, where I'm like, I like yeah, doing it's, stuff. Yeah, it is like, a tough to balance it with life and poker and family. I mean, that's why you mm-hmm. see like a high, high percentage of poker players don't have kids. You know I mean? Right. I'd be interested to see a stat, but I would say like poker players under 40, probably 10% have kids or something like mm-hmm. that. I don't know. but Yeah, it's, it's probably about right. So it, it, it's, kind of, it was, it's kind of weird, any, yeah. But, uh, any advice to, well, me, others, anyone having kids that are into poker? Is there anything you'd say you've learned or that you've kind of, um, you know, shifted and just sort of uh, along the way that maybe at the beginning that you would give some advice now? Uh, well, I was uh, like, now I spend loads, loads more time with my kids. When, when um, my son was very young, I was still recently kind of just off that um, – like downswing from full tilt and stuff. And I couldn't think about anything else apart from poker and gambling. So, right. you know, I literally just, I didn't, I didn't really do much uh, apart from fucking try and spin back up on full tilt when he, when he was young. Um, so I wasn't in the right mind frame at all. Uh, but now, you know, I, I don't play as much at all. Um, I mean, I still play a lot, but, but nothing like that. Um, so yeah, obviously family is definitely most important hundred percent. I was very, I was only 25 though. And my head weren't right. And, uh, so I made a few mistakes like that. Probably right. didn't spend enough, definitely didn't spend enough time with the family as a young family, but, um, did you, to, you went to university or did you not, you played, you're basically playing cards all the way through. Did you ever go? Uh, I, I followed my friends to university, but I, I didn't actually go to university. I mean, I, I got into university somehow, you know, it's, it's a fucking fluke because I didn't even, you've got to get in England, you've got to you do GCSEs and then you've got to do A-levels. And then right. if you get good at get A-levels, you get into university. So I got pretty poor GCSEs. Then I went to college to do, do A-levels, sixth form college. I got zero A-levels. Uh, all my friends were going to university, to the same university. And I was like, man, I can't miss out on this. Right. Um, uh, the university were like, well, you've got no A-levels. You can't come. And anyway, I must have written some long-ass letter saying, talking shit, I had personal problems. And they fucking let me into the university. It is a good university as well. So I, I've gone to the uni with no qualifications. I had no intention of doing anything or going right. to a lecture wanted to fuck around and have fun so yeah i mean i was up there for like i was on campus for a year and then uh, i was there for like a, a year and a half where I was did, which which city 
it was in Brighton. What, what? Oh, is that that's where. So around the time, it that's where that tournament. University, but it, it was in Brighton. Yeah. It's how a good does it work? How does I, I actually? Sh- I feel like I don't really understand. Like university in the UK versus you know, a lot of people living at home or their dorms. There's no fraternities in the UK, right? It's not like that, <laughs> right? Fraternities, nah. There's no, there's no frat boys, nah. Uh, but no, no one really lives. If you go to university in London, you might live at home, but most of the well, most of the universities are outside London, so you'd you'd go outside London, live in dorms or whatever, um, and you, yeah, you wouldn't live at home. Okay, I, I just hear like different well, parts. Of like, American yeah, University is so different, you know. Like that's yeah. it's like it's like when I people are like, oh, I heard about it. So, have you ever gone to university, like some campuses and parties and stuff? Did you ever come over and kind of get to see? No, some listen, I've, I've seen a lot of movies about, it and it looks like it's the fucking funnest shit ever. It's up so there. I, yeah, I, I wish is. I'd probably be growing up in America just for that that shit because that sounds unreal. But it is fun. I mean, it's. it's I mean, listen, much uni, it, it probably wasn't like. That obviously it was different, but I mean, still uni in, in England is fun. You make it what it is as well. There was still plenty of parties and there was loads of fun shit going on. So, I mean, I had a blast. Right. Yeah, um, it wasn't no, there's no pool parties and no fucking whatever else, Project X type shit going on. Um, yeah, different climate. Okay, well, that's all right. So you, so you go to Brighton, you're there, you're playing that. So this is when, when did you kind of like, all right, poker's fun. You're doing fruit machines, whatever that means. Like the slots of stuff. You're, you're grinding. You got the hustler mentality. You like games. You find you can make money. When did you actually like hit like six figures? Was it like quickly? Did it kind of like go like this? Or when did you actually like have like such a role? Because I remember seeing documentaries on you. I think the guy, what's his name? Andrew Feldman. Some other guys. There's some kind of like clips I saw and stuff. They're doing like a high stakes, like a life of high stakes. And you, you know, you said you cash out a million online. I mean, that's a lot back in the, you know, you were young. Yeah, that was, I mean, as I said, I kind of picked up a lot of heat in 2008 and um i think i got my first six-figure role like in 2008 and yeah i had like a million a couple i had a few million actually in 2009 at one point um yeah so th- th- those were big highlighted years um okay and then and then what about your parents what are they saying you have siblings brother sister do you have any yeah so um, my, my my sister's an academic. She she lives in America. She um, she's like on a seventh year of a PhD thing. Oh wow! Um, yeah, my parents they're pretty left wing. They were kind of cool with it. They didn't really they didn't say too much. Um, they've seen the swings and like the pain. Like so, because obviously as a poker player, you, you know the lows are pretty low. So they've seen when I've been moody and cancelled dinners or whatever else and. So right. that's not good. But I mean, as I say, in the last like five, five years, it's been very different. Uh, I kind of changed my attitude a lot. Like my whole mood and shit don't just depend on whether I'm winning or losing. So, so yeah, it's, it's, it's all good. And, and give me like the highs and lows. Cause that's, I think what separates a lot of people similar to Tilt, right? Everyone, I think on, you know, I play in some pretty good private games and even people that aren't professionals, their A game is like still okay, right? And like B and C, you're playing at the highest top level. You know, I, I mean, I was at, we were in London. I got to see, you know, I was there hanging out, saying, playing with some tough, tough guys and some mixed games and such, but you're, you know, doing well, I know overall. Uh, give me a little bit of like the mental, mental side of it, you know, dealing with like when you're like crushing or when you, when you're really not doing good. Cause from, from an outside, just like not knowing you so well, but seeing, you know, I feel like you've gone through some, just some massive swings, even like with the sports betting and stuff. How have you dealt with 
um, I mean, coming, you know, winning, it's a lot easier, right? When you're doing well, everything's yeah. just like whatever. How, how have you dealt with like through. coming back from like some like the depths where you're like, have you had times you're like, I just got to do something else. This isn't going to work. Or have you always been like, no, I know I'm going to make a comeback or, you know, things are fine. How do you deal with that? Yeah. I mean, I have had a lot of those like highs and lows. As I was saying, like in, you know, it's kind of like just floating around when like 2013, 2014, 2015, then I, then I got into sports betting a bit um, and I didn't play as much poker and, and things were going well in sports and then then they started going a bit badly and then they went like super badly and I turned into like a super DJ and, and like, anyway, I got into big holes, huge holes, um, which I've now got out of anyway, but there were some crushing lows and, and those times, that was like in 2016 and that, that was 2017 maybe. That, that's when I was like, shit, I'm going to have to do something fucking else because this, this, is, this is fuck, you know. Right. Those were like, not suicidal moments, but those were like uh, nut lows. You know, I was waking up and I would literally go on a Betfair or um, any betting site. Well, basically Betfair, actually, because you, you can kind of bet whatever you want. And I would bet like six random horses in a race. Okay. This is like level of DJ I was at was like Shit, that is that's up there. Yeah. And I'm not talking small money either. I was yeah. gambling like twenty thousand a race just on a on a race. If the race would go bad, I might go to the fucking um online casino. Like were I was you, were you getting any information? Did you like have a low well, what guy? it was? Were you trying to do some stuff or were you just literally clicking like bets, like random stuff, or like, oh this looks good? Well, in 2016, like things, were, uh, the sports was going good. The info was good, and I was just sticking tight, just you know, listening to what the sharps said and betting that. And the, the whole sports game is very difficult, you see, because you get your accounts closed and people fuck you over for money and stuff. So it's actually, I wouldn't advise it to, to anyone actually. But then I hit kind of a, a downswing in the sports, and now I just like forgot about any sharp sports that anyone would give me. And I was just betting my own stupid shit. Right. And obviously you're paying five, ten percent juice every time you do a bet. Mm-hmm. And if you're betting even a thousand pound or well, I was betting ten thousand, twenty thousand, you're losing like a thousand or two thousand in equity every single bet. And I was doing this all day, every fucking day. So I kinda lost my mind um in that in that summer of two thousand seventeen and just uh, and I thought I would I would never fucking come back from that. Right. Um what yeah? What's that? What happened in the last few years? Because it seems like you're you're playing the high stakes. Even like you're, I mean, you're playing the these games are tough, no question online cash games. There's bots. There's this. There's that. Now they're you know party poker's doing stuff to help. I know ACR these sites stars are doing. They're getting rid of stuff. They're trying to stay ahead of it. But there's a lot of information out there. People are better as in general. Like how have you been able to come back and beat and compete on these these games live or these online games? Well. Um... You know, I just said, you know, I knew I was a good poker player the whole time. And right. I kind of drifted off for those few years between 2015, 2017. I wasn't playing that much. I was just doing the betting and gambling and stuff. And, and obviously, it, I hit rock bottom. And I was like, all right, I'm going to just kind of try try and do this poker thing again and, and don't touch anything. You know, don't, I'm not going to have a bet. I'm not going to bet on a single horse. If someone messages me and says, I got this sharp fucking this or that, I'm just going to ignore it. I'm just <laughs> right. going to be like clean mm-hmm. so um i started i started just grinding poker again basically i went i went to the local casino to the victoria casino started playing 1025 omaha and um How and then those it, games what's the scene like over there in that type of game they, 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 they were good they're they all right they, um 
And then, but I know what was one turning point for me is my friend. Um, it was uh, my friend Alan, actually Chinese Alan. He's a uh, he's one of the most likable, friendly guys. A great poker player as well. He's super underrated. Chinese Alan. That's quite a name. I don't know too many Asians, Alan. Or is that what it translates the Mandarin? Yeah, I think I think I said that's it's his good. English. It's a funny yeah. name, like it's Vegas name. Uh, Zhang, I think. Okay. But, All right. We'll call him Chinese so, Alan. I like that. I think we were. I had a few people over for a UFC fight night one time and um, uh, there was about like six of us in the room. And yeah, I've always had a pretty big ego with poker or whatever. And um, we all do, I think. Yeah. And I can't remember my, my friend, um, my friend Matthew said to him, um, oh, do you think Luke can beat poker stars? Um, because I think someone's saying no one can beat poker stars, blah, blah, blah. And I've always said I can beat mixed games on poker stars, blah, blah, blah. And, um, you know, my results in like 2014 for the, for the mixed games on there, they weren't great. Like I lost a lot of money playing heads up versus a guy called Jay Lama and some other people. And um, I wasn't that good then. My mind wasn't in it right then. And, and anyway, so but I was saying, listen, I'm sick at mixed games. Trust me, I can beat stars, blah, blah, blah. And um, and this Alan guy, uh, my friend Alan, uh, my friend Matthew said to him, "So uh, you think uh, you think Luke can beat poker stars or not?" And he goes, "Oh no no no, he can't beat poker stars." Yeah, <laughs> and I don't know. It just put something in my belly, and I thought, you know what? Yeah, I love Alan to bits. So I'm gonna fucking prove this guy wrong. Yeah, right. And uh, ever since then, I've just been kind of crushing poker stars. So um, what? Do you study? Do you do GTO stuff? Like, you know, Bryn Kenny, I've had him on podcast. Love Bryn, obviously very big character. He's number one now all time in the world. Money, he hit the Triton score. He's just like FGTO. He's like Gangster Grill Live, does it, reads. Like, where where do you fall? Are you a, are you study? Yeah, I'm kind of in that same mixed? group of like, there's a few people like that. There's like, well, there's a lot of, there's a, there's, there's a lot of great, like the best poker players in the world, um, you know, like the the Brins, the Michael Turitzes, the a lot of the mixed game players, they're all really good. I mean, none of them are really studying so hard. Josios, Josios may be a bit spent now, but... Um, they say that. You never know, which I believe them. I'm not saying Brin. I'm not ever going to say not. I'm no, just saying, I know he doesn't. Well, I don't study anyway. Yeah. And I, I know Brin don't study. And, I believe um, Brin. I believe him. Listen, I, I, can't, I, I, I can't beat... Well, I have been actually beating No Limit recently, but I can't probably can't beat No Limit and PLO on Pokestars. I, I actually have to, I actually had to self ban myself for the PLO tables because those guys were just like they, they know the solver and the GTO shit a bit too good. Um, so I don't play PLO on Pokestars anymore. Um, but but for the mixed games, I don't think there's anyone better. Than myself right. uh, on stars at the moment, and I don't think Damn, obviously just... people studying some things. I don't study. I don't really study anything. I might rail a game if like a uh, very sweet and Raul or Michael Turitz and Raul were playing heads up at one thousand, two thousand. Right. I, I might have the game up in the background and look at the biggest pots. That's a. Uh, I might do that maybe like for five minutes. Right every month like that's as much studying as i've ever done basically interesting so uh really i i, I don't study at all um so yeah back to the thing with alan so he he said i couldn't win so then after that i said all right alan you know what i'm gonna send you result every single every single session poker stars so i've got a little group chat me him and my friend 
and after every um, session on poker stars for the last three years, I, I send it in. And like, even now he's getting bored. He's like, all right, get the picture, Luke. Yeah, well done. But he's like happy for me to win anyway. So that's he's awesome. used it. That's all. Yeah, that, that was a good turning point. And um, and yeah, I just I just been playing. I've been playing pretty good on there. Um, and then I've been playing some live mixed games in London. Obviously, quite big ones recently, but. A couple of years ago, it was kind of dead. There was, we used to have like a hundred, two hundred game in the in the Vic, which I, which I beat, but that kind of died off. Um, and then in Vegas, I did well. When obviously I had the bracelet win, and I did well in cash. And um, yeah, so it's just you know, it doesn't take when you get on a bit of a heater in poker, you can win a lot of money pretty quickly. You know, so if you have two or three good years on the tables um, at high stakes, you're going to be up like a hell of a lot of money. Yeah, so, no, no well, it's true for sure. And I think that's, again, like it's sort of like similar to in an in-game situation. If you're on your A game, B game, C game, if like if you feel it's not going well, you're just, you know, you're losing hands. You know, you know the equities, you know when you're supposed to win yeah. or not. And if you're like realistic with yourself, if you're playing well or not playing well, you're getting your money in good. You know, if you can withstand when it's not going so well and, and not get too down on yourself and not try to press it. And then when you're doing well and kind of kick it up a bit and take some shots. And, and that's, I think that that's one of the, the art forms of poker and, and really comes down to the individual. So it sounds like you have a pretty good understanding. Yeah. I mean, I now. think there's so many things to being a good poker player anyway. I mean, you know, it's just, it's just lists of things obviously, but the mental game is one thing, bankroll management, knowing where your edges, the confidence, et cetera, et cetera. But the mental game for me, I've struggled with that over the years. And um, you know, even now it stings because I, I play big stakes now. So, that, you know, I could get fucked in like, uh, especially when I play this big live game, I could get fucked in a 60K pot or so. And and it stings and it's and it's hard to not tilt. And, and, and then you end up opening like the queen eight off on the button and limit hold in the next hand when you probably wouldn't have opened it if you had fucking just yeah. won the last pot. So I still have those... Um, not demons, but I still struggle with that a bit. But, but I'm definitely a lot better than I am now. Like, I'm not going to go on some rage tilt and, and just I'd like play super loose or something. I will. I will um, start talking to myself, and and um, and I know it's not good because you just radiate this negative shit when you start moaning about your beats and stuff like that. And especially when you're playing in like a, a big high stakes games with other very rich, good professionals, you know. Right. You, it, it doesn't help. It's, it's that big minus EV to be even just sitting there, just showing tilt through your face. So, right. um, you know, it's like um, someone like David Oppenheim, you know, he, he's, he's got a good mental game. He, he might not be the best player, but he just, he just battles through, you know, that big game in Bobby's room. There is, is so much personality clashing. There's so many emotions. It's a fucking battlefield and warfield in there and you you can't give nothing away at all you know right um, so the people with the with very good mental game in, in in that place do really well like someone like matt ashton like he's a he's unreal he's like a robot at the table when he goes into a pot and even like brian rast as well when they're in a pot there's no laughter no jokes nothing you can't you can't get a reaction out of them it's two robots yeah like that's the opposite of me. Really like, I, like, I, like, I like to concentrating chat. Concentrating so fucking hard, yeah? Even if it's not that important to be concentrating and limit pop, because it's a lot of time the limit the hands play themselves, yeah? And you just, it's an, you're not having a big, huge river decision for 100 big blinds. It's one bet. But right. still, they are still just so focused and zoned in. And that's a, 
that's like a great quality of um, of those two players in particular. I mean, Matt Ashton is certainly uh, a very good technical player anyway, but he adds to it with the way he he focuses and and he just gets zoned in. Just right. In, yeah. No. I mean, it, it's true and it's intimidating, right? You, it's like you know, like those guys. If you have a reputation like that, it's powerful because that you just know, like you're never going to get something off them. It's a little. Yeah. Bit I mean, you're not even necessarily trying to get a read off them. It's just you're trying to break, maybe trying to break their flow, but they, they won't break that flow. Like uh, I'll try and have a laugh with him in the middle of the pot and it's just no. But then the minute the pot's over, it's laugh and smile and let's talk about how much Bitcoin's up or whatever, you right. know? It's, yeah, yeah. It's, it's very different. So so the mental game in poker, especially in live big limit games, is, is very, very important. And of course, it, I mean, it's important in any game anyway. Right. Um, yeah, no, for sure. All right, I want to look over here because it's interesting. I see on your Twitter... Um, Full flush one here. First of all, what, what's a, is this? What's this with friends? Are you a friends fan? Was this like your show growing up? I this is just noticed this is on your top thing here. Well, who isn't a friends fan? It's like the best show ever. But is, I don't know. No, it is a great. I show. think I just retweeted something that I found funny or whatever. Okay. Uh, all right. Well, I wanted. I did notice this though. It looks like lovely meeting the ACR poker crew here in London. Feel a dizzy night in the horizon. This might have been the night. Was this the night? Oh no! This was the day we were, we were going to do well, a podcast the other night. day. That was last night. So what's going on here? ACR, you got? I've seen some stuff. You and you know Phil Nagy. Are you? Uh, what's the deal? Give us give us the deal here, Luke. Are you? Well, they they, they came down for some uh, gambling convention in London, and um, you know a few months after the World Series, I had a little chat with Phil. Said we can maybe do something. We had a little bit of a handshake, and um, but now it's basically official. Um, I'm basically a player for ACR now. Um, yeah, I, I, I really like him. I like the things he does. He's very um, interactive with his people, a bit like uh, Rob Young, you know. Right. Both of them, they, they, they're doing good stuff, whereas someone like a site like PokerStars, everyone loves and trusts the software or whatever. Yeah. site goes wrong on the site, like, you know, they're just like, you can't even message them. You can't even email PokerStars. You might get a reply in like two weeks. You know, right. they're so bad with customer service and shit. Not, they don't care really about their project. Yeah, they're, it's they're, weird. It's sort of, it seems like it's gone that direction. I, you know, I, got, I was with them and now I've, I've moved to Party Poker. Uh, and I, I, you know, I, I don't know. I'm not going to pile on, but I agree. It's like kind of like feels like just the, the way it's going. It's sort of shifted, but which it's is a shame. Shifted. Listen, I love PokerStars. I mean, yeah, I, I software's great. They do a lot of things really well. I mean, they're the original. Yeah. I mean, they were the best for a long time, but I mean, they're still the biggest site or whatever. No, yeah, no like, question still, about it. I still love playing on it, but the customer service, the the thing they did with the fucking rake um, when they cut that off a few years back, that was tough. That was that was like a bit tough. Like those are one of the yeah, ones. Yeah, I mean, they done a lot like of nothing fucking, you can really say. You know, yeah, they did a lot of fucking fucked up shit, and they I, I, they don't care about us now. But people still use it because they know it's biggest tournaments is. Still, some of the highest games in the world is 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 still the one. But yeah, they're definitely. I mean, I don't want to say I hope they go to the ground. I, 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 they've been a big part of my life for fifteen right. years, whatever. But they're not they're not doing things right for the players for sure. Not not, um, what, you know what Phil and what Rob have done that they're. They're doing it. Yeah, they're doing it. No, well. it's great. I mean, like I said, I, I'm with Party. I, I love what Rob's doing. Phil, I know well. You know, ACR's caught. They're also they've had. You know, they cleaned up a lot of the bot stuff, and there's a lot of chatter and this and that. But Phil, I've known Phil. I met him 
I, I think he's a great guy. I think him and Rob are doing some of the most innovative and active things. And uh, absolutely, big, super active, big fan super, of both. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, no question. Um, all right, well, that's good. Well, congrats, because I mean, it's hard. Like it is. It's a lot different landscape than it used to be. Getting deals is uh, it's hard, right? Like there's not a lot of sponsorships going on. I think Twitch. Yeah, what about Twitch, man? I feel like you know I, I've streamed on Twitch for four years. The last year with my my son, I streamed less, but it seems like it's growing fast. I I, I truly believe if Twitch didn't exist and YouTube didn't exist, that poker would be in big trouble just based on you know the huds party got rid of huds now but the huds the scrapers this and that the bots it's kind of tough like i feel like that's like i think people love it it brings a lot of content it brings yeah, a lot of energy you well, would be you would be unbelievable on twitch have you thought about that like well, the that, thing is, is um it's gonna sound kind of big-headed and I've, I've thought about doing it the thing is i wouldn't want to show my whole cards especially in in mixed games at all i was thinking you know if i jumped around and like played a bit of uh, like No Limit or PLO or some yeah. corny. Do that on Twitch maybe. It, 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 um, is, it is complicated for cash games, I think, a bit more than tournaments. Yeah. Like, you know, like Tommy Cannoli's on ACR now. He's like had some $90,000 stacks on the rat hole, 300K. He streams now. But he also just kind of shows tournaments. Like an option would be if you have a tournament on the side or you play like one game you show, but you don't have to show all your games. Because I think that's a misconception. You know, you could have like – four tables going and just show one and not or, or pop in on a hand once in a while you don't have to just like show everything you're doing i don't know be something to consider you would be you'd be one of those guys on twitch that would like overnight have like you know there's only like a few guys like negron you Helmuth, uh jungle man guys that can like turn it on and probably be one of like you know really get a lot of uh added you know numbers and things so i, I think i would like to do it a lot because i i think i think it would be quite funny i, I actually have an idea of how i would do it i would jump from game to game and fucking hit and run different like bum hunters that are waiting for me in different games limit hold them plo nl just try and quickly hit and run them and tilt them and make a little joke of it and shit like that right i don't really want to give away like uh, even though those may, maybe not my best games i still i don't want to give away too much um but you know i, I might do it anyway I, I might do it like for a scoop or a whoop or something like that, or right. even on ACR, maybe I'll, I'll do some streaming on that. And maybe I mean, it's, it's just one of those things. I can't tell you how many guys have come to me that are relatively well known in poker. Something like, hey, I want to Twitch. I give them my Kelly Blue Book. I give them the whole everything. Here's the equipment you need. Here's how it works. Here's what I recommend. They do one stream or two. They stop or they just don't ever start because it is a lot of work. But it's nice to have the option, even just have a channel like a website. And then if you decide, you know what, I want to flick on and mess about and like kind of do up. So I don't know. And so I just think you'd be, you'd be very good for it. It would be something to consider. I do also want to say on the point about being good for poker, you know, I think now it's kind of people realize that it's really important. Like something like the crushers or grinders. Like I remember there were some people talking about, oh, how does this guy get a deal on stars or this guy get a deal here? But like ultimately the guys that are giving content and doing stuff, those are the ones going to bring new people to the game and help. Like I just want to touch on this name because I know you guys have a little history. But uh, so I was at the World Series in 2017. I started my YouTube just like I just literally like picked up my camera, was going around. I had done a couple of a guy comes up to me he goes yo that's so cool man you're doing vlogs he was like, I, was, I was thinking i was like hoping he was gonna say oh yeah i love your your vlog or your youtube but he's like yo do you know doug polk and i was like yeah i know doug and he was like i'm here because doug polk uh 
Yeah, I saw some of his YouTube videos and he like hadn't played in two years and he was out at the World Series. And that was like when I was like, wow, that's pretty powerful that like guys are coming back. And again, Doug's very polarizing. You either love him, hate him. He's got his style. He, he stirs the pot. He likes to chat about, you know, but he's doing it like his view. He gets a ton of views. He does bring people into the game and people, people, you know, he's, he's a guy that's going to move the needle uh, for poker. So I don't know. Like you and I know Doug and you, he, I don't even know if your guys relationship. I know he was like, he kind of pokes at you and does some stuff and like the pigeon thing or whatever. And then, you know, I, I don't know. Like, I don't know if are you guys friendly or do you not like really dislike each other? Where are you at with Doug? Cause I know he's like, yeah, he said some I, shit. You know, I, to be honest with you, he's, he's kind of so like irrelevant really at, at this point. I think he was just, listen, he came to the end of his little, He everyone has their time kind of. He had a little, a few good months. He, he spun it up. Then he lost like a lot back and then he realized he couldn't beat it anymore. So he started fucking doing this YouTube channel, whatever it was. And, you know, some like quirky nerds might enjoy his shit, but like anyone with two cents realizes like it's all fake and he's he's a massive douche. And, you know, he just, I mean, like the, the banners he puts up and I mean, I've talked to spoken about it before. So it's pigeon me even saying it. Yeah, really. no, I'm not, I'm not trying to, I know. Cause I knew there was a little, I'm not trying to like call, like cause a back and forth thing. I just, I just, I mean, that's how, listen, Doug does, that's his deal, right? He says yeah, I, I don't think he really stuff. brings people yeah. to poker, though. I, I, I don't, really, I, I wouldn't agree with that. Um, you know, I, I think he's kind of done out here anyway. Uh, well, listen, I, I'll say this: I don't want, I don't want, I don't want to dwell on this. I'm not trying to start a thing. I will say, I, I really do believe. You know, again, his style is very intense. It's very like he, he has a, a, a he has. A direction what he does you know Negranu, you guys he likes to bring them in big names and cause you know get views and all that but i i disagree on that i do think he's he has for good or bad like i think he has like just from my experience and what i see and and, and on the streets people like examples like that i do think he has done good overall for poker but you know whether you like his style or not and how he goes about it I'm not saying like, yeah, that's, that's debatable, but I think he's very polarizing. Like, I think he really, people yeah. love him or they it's like, this is ridiculous. And what are you doing? So I think it's kind of uh, just like a good way to describe it would be very polarizing for that. But yeah, I don't know. I mean, I get it. I hear what you're saying too. I guess I could see that argument as well, but I mean, he's had a lot of success in poker and, and if to, to the fact of if you think he's stepping out because he doesn't think he can beat it or not, I don't know if that's true or not. I would, I would be surprised if Doug isn't uh, still very, able to win in the games I would no, he definitely can't win in the games like I'd play him no limit heads up right now I'm fucking shit at that game like he, he can't win in the games you know he he won he won, he was good at no limit he he would he would get completely torched now trust me he would get completely torched that scares he, me and shocks me I don't know if that's true or not I don't know you know how hard like how good the regs are like online i hear you no i i'm saying i'm with you i listen about poker if you can play let me give you an example yeah okay let's let's have gal fun yeah yeah i was just gonna this is gonna segue into that let's talk about that look how good he was all those years ago then he kind of went stagnant didn't play much for say a, a few years online yeah now he's jumped back in and playing one of the top 10 PLO players in the world. And and look how it's going for him. I mean, you know, it's a different game. You've got to, you've got to roll with the times. 
I hear you. I, I, Phil was actually one of the most recent guests on my podcast. We talked about it. It was right before the challenge started, and he did mention this opponent, Ven- I don't know how to pronounce his name, Venediti. Venediti, yeah. Yeah, that he's – it was very tough, and he was Listen, like – I had to I had to self-ban on poker stars because of people like Venediti. I would sit there on stars, win my money in mix, and then I'd get no fucking action. I'd be bored, and I'd go play PLO versus Venevidi, Gravis, all these fucking Finnish guys, right. and I would just get grinded. And, and I was like, yo, like, I've got, gam- I've got bad gambling tendencies. I need to stop this. So I start, sent an email to Stars, ban, my, ban me from PLO on PokerStars. Right. And so I know firsthand how tough these guys are at PLO. Right. And, um, you know, Galfon's going to feel it. I mean, he's only like, what, eight, a third of the way through and he's down 750,000. I mean, he I could. Th- I think he's, uh, whatever, he's down a good bit. I mean, at the rate, it's pretty crazy. I think he got did get some back, and but the point is for sure. I well, mean, he got some back. He lost 250K yesterday. Oh, maybe then it is back to that. I don't, I don't know. I'm not. It's very bad. And, yeah. you know, he could just cut his losses now, to be honest. I mean, like, That's the problem at these challenges. There's so much pride and ego. Like at some point, if he's, he's not going to get. He's, he's got hundred to two hundred k side bet on it. Yeah. Oh he, yeah. I mean, he's like a not hundred. He's probably fifty to one to get to turn it around and and not be stuck at this point. Yeah. So, uh, but if he's, and he's a favorite to go on and lose way more. Be someone who's just in a different league than him at the moment. But, but the thing is, he's got a bunch of different bets. I mean, like, listen, Bill Perkins, he was just here in Miami for his birthday. Like, I, you know, Bill's, he's going to be a favorite to beat he's uh, Bill Perkins, and he's probably a favorite to beat France, <laughs> and he's probably a favorite to beat Brandon right. Adams. But he can't beat Action Freak. He definitely can't beat Benavidi. He can't beat any of these yeah. top PLO players online right now. It's just how it is. He, you cannot take four years off and think you can just stroll back in and come and beat the best. It, it doesn't work like that. Yeah, and that's, I mean, again, he's had a child about the same age as mine, so I'm sure, like, he, yeah, not doing quite, I, I wouldn't, I doubt he's just, like, taking off. I'm sure he's still doing studying, playing some spots, and, like, I see him around. But I hear what you're saying. No question it's different. It's also, like, if you're if you're the seventh best player in the world and you're playing, or, like, the, you know, yeah, this eighth best player in the world, and you're at a game with you know like five guys that are better than you. It's not good, right? It just kind of depends yeah. where you're playing. You could be a great player. You got to have a. Well, Benavides probably top ten PLO players in the world, and Galfond he might be top two hundred. He might be top right. four hundred at this point. You don't know. So right, it's hard a huge to, gap hard to say. the two of them. He's not top fifty. He is not top fifty PLO players in the world. There are 50 players on stars that are better than him right now. And there's probably another 50. uh, There's probably even probably like the good 2-5 Zoom players are better than him right now. And he's down the list right now. He maybe could get back to a top 50, but he's not going to get back to top 10 anytime soon. He's going to need to do fucking study that's over. Play lots and lots of hands. I mean, it was it was crazy of him just to jump back in at under 200. I mean, he must have a lot of money or yeah. Something you, you know better than me. I have, I have really no idea on like the online uh, cash scene. I actually been playing because uh, then my streams I've been firing some fast forward on. Uh, party. I know there's now the other, you know, obviously there's Zoom, there's Blitz, these type of things, which apparently are very tough games. And, you know, it's very, it's very tight, right? Because it's like you're just folding, waiting for good hands mostly. I actually was pretty pleasantly surprised the last few days on some of the, the uh, PLO, like 2-5 uh, running on Party. Have you seen any of those? Do you ever mess around in PLO? The, the, the fast forward, I haven't played it yet, but I heard the fast forward on Party is 
a lot softer than that yeah. on poker. I, I, I was like pleasantly surprised on some of the hands and money getting in and spots. I was like, oh wow, this yeah. is not like just pedaling. Well, probably it's always been softer than stars anyway, so that, that doesn't really surprise me that much. And do you play on party though? Because I hear you talking about stars. You sign with ACR now, or you're doing a deal with them. But do you, what sites do you play on currently? I only really play on. I play a bit on ACR. Like I play some tournaments and a little bit here and there, but I mainly just play on. Um, on stars cash games uh, i also you know i play sunday tournaments i'll play a few sunday tournaments on party and if there's a lot of the time if there's money left over you know i'll go play 10 25 or maybe 25 50 plo on party and whatever but yeah i don't really grind that site very much right yeah no I, what do you think about the no huds because do you use a hud have you ever used one? no i never used a hud or anything no so it feels like party would be your spot then because at least you're like on a level playing field you don't have to think about it it's just like all right everyone's not using it that's cool like versus whether well you know as as the time's going on i'm getting less and less action in mixed games so i'm gonna have to start playing a lot more of um plo and, and no limit um if i want to get action so i am gonna have to uh I'm going to have to try harder in those games. So it's probably better off me playing them on ACR and party rather than playing them on stars because, you know, as I said, the, the field's tougher there. So, yeah, you, you might see me. You might see one. I was I was actually playing a bunch um, when I was in Nottingham. You know, when I was playing the tournament and that, I was I was online playing heads up on the on the party poker app a bunch, and yeah, that, it did seem it did seem a lot softer than the stars. Yeah, I mean, I, listen, I'm biased, but I, I I really believe that. I wouldn't say it if I didn't think it was true. No, I, 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 true. I believe it. Um, what uh, what about do you, do you do meditation? What's like do you, do you like to go to the gym before you play? You look like you're in good shape. When I saw you taking care of yourself, that's it's always not easy in poker. You can find yeah. yourself. You know, you got it's another thing with the balance, right? It's like you want to play you want to travel you got your kids you got it's just only so much time do you, do you get in the gym daily or do you have a routine well, i try and go to the gym every day um i do the school run and then i go to the gym and i've got a good few hours and then i try and play at night kind of thing so so yeah i try i do try and go to the gym uh meditation um I, i've never done it. i did hot yoga a few times uh, and i like that but I think meditation's good from what I saw. Um, so I play a bit, uh, quite a lot with Jungle Man. He comes and plays in in the game in London, and um, you know he's, he's such a sweetheart, Jungle I Man. I love but Jungle. He's one of my favorite people, man. Over the years, you know, so he can good. get frustrated very easily. Um, yeah. To put it mildly. Right. So anyway, I think we we uh, first started playing again in London, like just after the World Series, and. Um, and Jungle was kind of the same, like how, how I've always known him, where one little thing could set him off big time and, you know, we'd go bang like that and the table would get smashed. And, you know, that would, that would be so standard. That, um, but yeah. anyway, he he went away for like two months. I think he, he went and did a, a thing in India or something, uh, a meditation course. And now he meditates all the time. And now... He's a different man completely. Right. He's so calming and nice. And, you know, when things are going bad, you might normally see him flip out. He's he's totally, totally different, you know. And people are trying to troll him as well. You know, like Siva or Keith, they'll be they'll be prodding at him, you know. Right. They know they can get reaction out of him. And and he just stays strong now, man. He he doesn't let them like, yeah, sometimes he might lock, but he's a different, he's a changed man. And that is basically all down to his meditation. He meditates like 
I think half an hour or maybe an hour a day, I think, or something like that. Right. No, he does. He's he's great. I mean, I've, I've become pretty close with him, and I, I just – I mean, he's just a great guy, and that's exactly right. I think it's almost unfair, though, jungle at like an even, like even keel. That's like part like his handicap. He's so good to have him kind of blow up or have that. If he's like meditate zen, like that's a scary, you know, jungle. Because yeah. like, that's part yeah. of like maybe why he's even gotten in some games and spots like where he's so good, but people are like, you know what? You never know. Jungle could blow up, and he's just you just don't know what's going to happen. So, but yeah. yeah, good for him. And um, interesting. What about uh, not not to you don't have to answer, but you so you have two kids. Are you married? Are do you have a in a relationship? Are you open available for the public? What's what's let's uh, let's just get that out there for everyone. If, unless, I'm, I'm not married. No, no, we'll just leave it at that for now. Uh, okay, I'm not I'm not the marrying type. Right. Fair enough. Um, okay, and uh, we have I. I feel like this to say this every time. It's almost just genuine, but it's true. I think this is the record for questions um, on here. I got to look, but I think there's over 100 something, which is pretty ridiculous uh, engagement for this. So we, we will spend some time and go through some of those. Is there anything else before we do dive into the questions you want to talk about? Any upcoming things? Any places you love? Tell me like travel-wise what, what like a year looks like. Do you hit stops? Do you follow some games around? You, you hit Vegas in the summers usually. What, what's like your favorite places to go, poker or non-poker? Um, you know, I usually – I'm usually in London for most of the year. I don't really travel for poker anymore. As I say, I'm more of a cash player than a tourney player. Of course, I go to Vegas in the summer, most summers. Um, and then I might go on like one other holiday a year just to France to get a bit of nice weather or something like that. But I don't, I don't really like traveling that much. I've never been to Asia. Um, I haven't been to South America. Uh, yeah, I don't travel that much. And it's, it's hard to travel with two kids, you know, and they're in school and, and everything else. So It does. You know, it's funny, like looking back with – I just remember, you know, like living and roommates and stuff with friends and playing cards and you're just like your boys and you're like, oh, you know, like when this happens or at this point, we're just going to travel the world, play cards, go all the stops. And that's like, oh, my buddy's got a kid. Now he's got two. Now he's got three. My other friends, all kids are married. You're doing this shit. And that's like you're fighting to even get to like a bachelor party. It's like a, it's like a, a task. And then you have your own kids and then you're just like you get it. And it's like, yeah, how yeah. am I taking two kids to my boy's house to hang out? It's like are you trying to maybe see them like – or catch a phone call here and there man life gets crazy right more and it also traveling like it kind of messes up your routine obviously it's nice being in a nice country and that but you know the whole when you're flying and then you know you're on a different time zone and then you're not going to the gym and you know i quite like the structure i've got in, in london as it is yeah it's it's uh it's nice, man. It is. It, it's, it's nice. Balance is nice. It's nice. Tra- and it's kind of cool when you don't have to travel, right, as well. It's like kind of nice to have your routine. You're working out. You're eating better. All that stuff's good. Yeah. Like, travel Listen, if I, couldn't be, if I couldn't be online and there was no game in London and I, and I had to travel to make money from cards, I probably would. But as it is, I don't have to. So, so I, I basically don't. And, and Vegas is more of a – I don't even have to go to Vegas in the summer. It's more of a luxury. It's more – Let's see if right. I can win huge. This is this is fun. Go deep into tourneys, play some mega big cash games. You know, it's it's kind of like a that's more of a holiday, right? And where, where do you stay in well, Vegas? So you you get a house or you do like hotels? You mix it up. Well, what's your? I usually uh, just stay in Bellagio. Just I'm just downstairs for, for the cash games. And what, what's your? Give us like biggest win, biggest loss uh, online or live. Like what's some of your big big? Uh, have you your? Do you know off the top of your head? I mean, you probably had some some seven figure, big six figure. Yeah, um, 
Well, back in the day, I guess when I was playing those huge, like, uh, heads up, no limit sessions, uh, back on full tilt and Betfair and, and iPoker back in like 2009, I definitely, I remember one, one day in the Bahamas, um, we were just playing online and I think we won 800, 800 or 900,000. And the very next day, lost it all back. So, like, there was there was def, there was many days where over half a million was won or lost, and there was a couple of days where it was nearly a million. Um, I might not have had all the action, but I had probably fifty percent at least at them times. So, those are pretty wild. Um, these days, the biggest swing I might have nowadays would be, I guess, if I play a big live game, I might I might win two fifty on a very good night. I might lose one fifty or so on a very bad. I might lose two hundred on a bad night as well. Um, right. Yeah, it's still, I mean, yeah, so it gets... The that's, that's, that's a big, like, live game um, where the big bets are 2,000, 4,000, so... What, what, do, you think, what do you think of this high roller scene with, like, the swaps and the and the, the selling? You know, guys are playing 100Ks and million dollars. Well, million was a special event. Uh, obviously, people are selling other than the... I think the Triton, I think the Triton tourney was kind of sick, I think, but I think the high roller scene, it's... it's uh, it doesn't have that much of a buzz to it, to be honest. Um, I think it's kind of been done as it's been there for four or five years. It's kind of the same folk. I don't think, um, not that they're boring people or anything, but they're not, they're not the most entertaining people. Right. Like, uh, it's the, the premier league was great. That, that yeah, was like, always fun. I tell you, my state poker was like a sick one. And I read recently, they're going to be bringing that back. Right. Um, would you, would you have interest in doing another Premier League? Maybe even if they kicked it up to like 200, 250, or, or even at the same 125? Yeah, sure, I would. I mean, TV poker kind of died, didn't it? Um, yeah, so I, I think, think that was just a, that was because of the, the dollars, right? The sites aren't advertising in America for the site, yeah. like that kind of deal. But it's coming back a little bit in America. Some states are coming. It's got a little bit of a resurgence a bit. Um, yeah. And I, do you know what? I think if. Um, if the high stakes poker show comes back, that will pave the way for a lot of other shows and uh, maybe some Premier Leagues or something like that. But yeah, the the, the high roller scene. I mean, if that's the only thing to rail, you know, it's it's, it's not that fun. The super high roller bowl is kind of cool. Um, it's kind of cool when you can see how people are playing and 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 stuff like that. But like you know. Following like the the scene in Aussie or whatever, the hundred Ks is the same. Timothy Adams and and Chidwicks and that is. I don't think that that's that interesting. Right. But I mean, those guys, those guys might almost be laughing. Like, how are we still? How is this still happening? Like the same guys are crushing and like yeah. you know, getting these guys to put in. Uh, but at the same time, you know, the big blind Annie is a huge uh, change in terms of speed, excite like the shot clock, those type of things. I think you know finding ways to where guys talk or there's yeah, something's missing too like that live and do you know what it is though as well I mean it's not just those live so say 10 years ago you had high stakes poker you had all these sick TV shows you had all these characters and this bubbles and, and everything and I think Jason Kuhn explained it well when um, something when he said like how the game's adapted and people are playing very different so even 10 years ago you'd have huge action on full tilt 500 1000 everyone playing heads up and it would be sick to rail even if you weren't playing right yeah. Now, say something to rail is like the Galfon challenge, yeah? That's right. a fucking, that ain't the same PLO game that was played 10 years ago. That is a nitty fucking nit fest, basically, right. where one guy is grinding another guy his, a little bit, 
and he's just he's just playing perfectly. There's not really that many big pot. The average pot size, I would guess, the average pot size in that game is significantly less than what it was ten years ago in a heads-up PLO battle. And it's just it's just a different game all around now. It's it's, it's no one's fault. But yeah, if they could they could bring back high stakes poker, have Negreanu, have Hanson, have some of the big. Have Ivy, you know, I'd be happy to come on that. Have Bryn, have have some yeah. fun names. You know, it would be. I think that'd be very good for poker. And and they said it's back, so let, let's see what they can come up with. And try and do, try and do good things. Yeah, for I mean, poker. honestly, the numbers are pretty astounding on Triton. Like their hundred K high roller, and they are getting guys. You know, diverse group of of guys that are flicking it. I mean, listen, I've, I watched some of the play though. There are some pretty unbelievable players as well. It's not like they're just giving it away. There are also some guys that are flicking five, six, eight re- rebuys in. You know, having fun. So it, it's an interesting. It's it's it. That's the first high stakes cir- tour circuit that I've seen. That's uh, you know, it's not getting like that twenty, thirty, forty number which is even like 40 for 100k is high like they're getting 100 plus yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and they're they're doing some innovative stuff plus the production yeah and it's run insane. well and like it's just a, it's a nice scene i do like the triton definitely yeah and then they do like the short deck cash games and that which that, that's cool as well you somehow tony g's come back on the scene which is kind of funny that he can come and you know play super high stakes and like and do okay again which is kind of nice to see um so so yeah, and Leon as well. He, he's he's a face, and there's yeah. definitely a few faces. There. there are some. There are some. There's definitely. There is still a handful of. Uh, there's 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 a there, there's there's a personality group there. I think it's just got to find the way. There's a little. It's missing. There's innovations. You think like looking back, how check raising was illegal, or seeing no big blind Annie. These type of things that now are happening. The shot clock, like they're so obvious. Yeah. But it's like they, they didn't have for decades and now they have it. Like thinking what else could we come up with? What else is there to kind of push it a little bit, a little more fun, a little more fast, a little more, um, you know, to make it better. But yeah, for sure. Well, let's uh, let's dive into some questions because we do have uh, we got a record. So we're going to uh, let's go over here and we'll kind of scroll through. Is there anything else you want to touch on before we go and, and knock these down? We got a lot. That's a good fire away. All right. Let's get in here. Uh, I have not read through these yet, so um, let's just go through the top. This right here, Luke. Any solve for why questions that's really bugging you? What what happened with this thing? Because this shit, I was laughing. Like, actually, a friend of mine messaged me, and I didn't even follow you on Twitter. I just added you recently, and um, you know, I was cry- I was like really quality, like banner. You're giving a lot of lot of shit, and really just addressing things and doing the solve for why. What what's the solve for why? Where did this come from? Why why did you go with this solve for why uh, theme? You know, I, I saw um, I saw this like bizarre little thing that, that that group of people were doing, where they put their headphones on, play a cash game. It's called Soul for Why. Right. Yeah, yeah, I know Berkey's thing. Yeah, yeah. And I just thought that's kind of funny. And then I, I saw a few things that were like, well, it's a training site, and I'm kind of seeing a lot of donkeying going on and flawed <laughs> logic and whatever else. I thought, you know, I might have to give these lot a little troll on on Twitter, and then okay. so that's why it came about. So for why this is wrong and that's wrong. And, that's, so yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, and you you uh, you really went for it. You got, I mean, there must have been there was a dozen, maybe more. I mean, you were just it was like a day or two period where you just everything was was was. Uh, Everyone was like, "Yo, uh, how drunk were you last night?" Yeah, actually, I wasn't drunk. I don't even really drink. But I was like, I was just bored, and sometimes just something comes over me, and I just start 
start firing some trolls away and it's nothing really malicious a lot of people like there's some people twitter's funny because you see some people just like get super offended by it and all just like proper hate on what i'm saying um and but there's other people who are like oh that shit's well funny and whatever uh yeah no it's it's good um let's see how many times have you called someone a pigeon this is like kind of the word like this came from i think the polk saga right like there he put some did some video or something but like the pigeon word is like one of the most used terms in poker and i just kind of funny because it's like kind of funny but kind of like you know i've got a little shot with it what, what's the deal with this pigeon stuff man can you explain I think it, just, it was just like a cool word that kind of just caught on and you can just you can just say it for various things you could say anything's pigeon really yeah i heard rob young saying it. it makes me laugh about like he says it like describes some people or say something but like yeah it's just kind of a funny uh it's a funny term i, I mean yeah, are you yeah. the one who coined it or it was from that thing with like what you say it a fair amount or no what? i mean I, I don't know if i coined i started saying it years and years and years ago and kind of i think it kind of just caught on from that yeah i like it i, I like the word uh there's some foreign language i don't speak i should my wife's brazilian but i don't have it uh someone asking do you think this is random i don't know where it's ja do you think jamie staples is arrogant do you know jamie do you have any opinion of jamie or do you have you ever met I, him? I, I know he, he's a, a twitcher right yeah he actually runs the part the online uh, for twitch with me call me yeah I, I i can't really speak on that I, i've never really watched or, or know very much okay. or I, didn't, I didn't know if there's like if something ever was said i don't know why this guy's like tar someone's singling him out like if you had said something about him no i don't, don't think know. so okay because jamie yeah I, I, he's a great guy and um think he does about the most for poker there is but uh how nervous are you heads up so you got heads up for a bracelet where you, you this summer we didn't even cover that so, so you know you got a lot going on we didn't even tag that let's get, take a quick look and talk about that but were you nervous at all just like because you realize yeah, how hard definitely. it is to win right so like to be yeah. there well basically we were three-handed um me george wolf and johannes becker uh for literally could have been more than seven eight hours okay. like and, and that's incredible because we each only had sort of 10 or 20 bets maybe 20 bets mm -hmm. so to to be three-handed for that long and no one busting was like the toughest mental game. All three of us, like, hats you, off. You all them. won it, right? I mean, that's one of those ones you just get to put in the... the I mean, it's that's all like kind of like being three-handed in a no-limit tournament and everyone's got uh, 25 blinds or right. 20 blinds even for th for seven hours. It's the same shit, you know, right. when anyone could be all in every hand or yeah, whatever. Yeah, it's like you get ace-jack, ace a guy gets nines, like, it's just, yeah. it's in there. The yeah, so won. that was... The, so when I did get to heads up and I had a big chip lead, that was, that was, um, it was relieving. And I, and I just, just wanted to get, uh, past the post basically, but the heads up match started terribly for me. And after the first break, we were leveling chips. And now I was like sweating. Cause you know, you heads up for a bracelet. You yeah. don't know if you can be heads up. Bro. Heads up. I, I remember being on the rail and rast at the 50 K was like 20 something to one to Hellmuth underdog came back. I had a 12 to one chip lead online yesterday and lost, uh, and had it all in river card to win. It's like, you just know we've all been there so many times yeah. and it's never, ever over. And there's nothing worse than having a big lead and losing. It's like, it could, it could actually to, like mess you up long term or mentally there's certain things that could like even how strong you are how well you take it that just could like touch you you know cool. just like really the uh, only good thing was i was it, it was against my friend like i'm very good friends with george wolf so had he had beaten me it wouldn't have been it would have sucked but i'd have been happy for him as well so there was a little bit like if i was heads up be uh johannes 
that would have been tougher because not because he's uh, the player, just for the fact that I'm way friend. I'm like really good friends with him. So if he had a beat me, it's cool. But like Johannes would have been my enemy, and I would have wanted to beat him so bad, you know. Yeah. So I mean, obviously, I wanted it bad, but if I didn't get it, it wasn't it? It was okay to lose to him, type thing in a way. Right. Well, so congrats. there was a little bit of pressure off from that, I guess. Yeah. Well, um, congrats. That was your first one, right? Yeah, that was yeah. Nice, nice. Fresh off the summer. I got. I have a second. I don't have. A, I don't have a bracelet. It's hard, right? You just don't know. You might. Might never get one. But so good. Good for you. Congrats to uh, you. chalk it off. Um, who do you think is the best poker player today? I mean, these questions are kind of always tough. But like, when you think of best player, you're in the mixed game scene. It's hard to really know. This is but like, who comes to mind? I think, think some uh, of the top guys. There's there's different. Obviously, there's there's three four types of. Um, poker. I mean, there's tournament poker. Who's the best tournament player? Well, right. probably, I mean, Bryn's definitely up there. Chidwick's definitely up there. Um, probably those two, maybe. Well, there, there's a bunch of good tournament players. Yeah, I, I, I don't play them that much, so I'm probably not the best person to, to say who the best tournament players are. Right. Um, and now, it, cash game players, you know, there's there's a bunch of no-limit online cash players, Linus and people like that. Um, but then there's, um, and then there's mixed game players. So there's a lot of different players. I've, the players I respect, well, personally a lot, are the, the ones that never really studied and kind of just done it all themselves. Yeah. The people like, um, you know, there's a guy I used to battle with on uh, Cryptologic called Gilkins, Robert Flink, and... Mm. Uh, so he's like one of the best heads up no limit players in the world i don't think he ever studied anything and he's I, there he, I saw him i met him actually at triton and flew over to uh the, the uh kings with him yeah um, so uh, his name's badge badge courts and on um poke stars and and, it, and it's nice to see that because me and him used to battle at 50 100 and 100 200 10 years ago it's nice to see him still at the top of the game doing his thing and i doubt he studied much at all um I said a few names before, like yeah, I don't know, Michael Turitz. Um, right. It, yeah, he, he he's a good player. Um, you know, there's uh, the, the top mixed game players for me uh, are really good players. Um, the, I like. I think John Manette, he's a good, a very good player. His head's probably not right right now, but I think he's a very good player. Ivy's a very good player still you know he's he's across the board he's good in all mixed games and he's he's still a good cash player as well um uh who else that's a that's a that's a good bet yeah I mean I think that may it's all it's one of those things it's very hard to say right yeah there's a a bunch of guys there's even Negreanu like Negreanu's a good player man he's won a lot of money he's won like so many tournaments and yeah, you hear like Negreanu or the Helmuth guys. I mean, that are saying all oh, or whatever. But like end of the day, like they've you know they've they. they I don't think Helmuth's that good a player. I mean, I think he's. I don't think he's that good a player. To be honest, I think him and Negreanu are in two different leagues. But um, yeah, I'm just saying like it's a it's, it's a results oriented game, and they've they've shown. I mean, I hear it's just like those are the kind of tricky things to like really determine. And yeah, of course, if you're putting against these guys, these like new age solver. Study grinder. There's two types of players, and there's the top solving players, and and then there's the 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 players with that heart and that fight and that that intuition, that poker, that thing they've got inside. And there's there's a few of them, and those those are the ones that I respect most, anyway. For sure. Uh, Let's see. At 
uh, True Teller, probably one of the best. And True Teller, definitely. He, you know, he he's so good in all heads up forms of poker. He's a good mixed game player as well. He's a good tournament player. He's very very smart. Um, yeah, yeah. No. Scott Steve, Scott is a smart player as well. He's got tilt issues, kind of. Um, like it, that's the thing. Like his A game's very good, but he's not at his A game the whole time. And that's same with someone like Gus Hansen. Gus Hansen's A game's very good, but he's not at his A game either a lot of the time. Whereas someone like Rast, who's probably always playing his A game, or 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 um, the other fella, um, the English guy, I forget, Matt Ashton. He's mm-hmm. always at his A game. They're probably not playing unless they're playing their A game. Right. So that them like re- really good players, you know. Um, yeah, I like it. That's a good breakdown. Uh, what do you enjoy more, online poker or face? Uh, some says face poker or live. Do you like online or live more? If you had to choose, say you got to play one next two years, you can only do one. Online's a lot more convenient, isn't it? But uh-huh. um, I do love playing live mixed games just for the fact you can peel cards. Uh, the players you're playing against are all like, you know, they're some of the smartest, best poker players in the world. So you can interact with very clever people. And, and see what they're doing and have good, decent banter with them where online is pretty solitary. And, you know, you're, I'm playing against robots or not robots, but people with, yeah. So, I mean, it, for convenience online, but but live poker, I mean, if, if I could play like a live big mix game every day, I'd, I'd be choosing that. Certainly. Right. Well, uh, biggest difference between online and live. What's like the one thing you think is the actual, like most important difference? Well, online is way more of a technical game. So if you don't have your fundamentals online, you, you're kind of drawing quite dead. Whereas live, you know, you can you can live off you can you can live off your table presence, your name. As someone like Helmuth, like I was saying, you know, people play kind of a bit differently versus him than they would be another pro, um, and stuff like that. So there's a lot of things you can do live to like up your EV or that you might have live. That, that favors you whereas online that wouldn't at all like a great live player will get torched online um most great live players will get torched online so like it's it's hard to it's hard to be both really right yep i agree with that too what age is recommended for becoming a professional poker player and why what do you what do you think uh, is the earliest someone could like legitimately say all right you know i'm gonna do this or nowadays because it's changed like we all kind of just came nowadays i wouldn't suggest it to anyone because to be honest it's a very tough climb, but you know, a few percent of poker players actually win. I mean, it, it's a very, very t- tough world to, t- t- I mean, listen, when, you, when you're one of the best players, you know, the, the rewards is high, but for most people, it, it's, it's, it's a bad choice of career, I would say. You're going you're gonna to go into your 20s, you're going to maybe have a couple of spin-ups and then, you're going to go broke and, and it's not going to work. It's probably not going to work out well for you. Um, and it, also it's going to numb your feelings as well. Poker, poker does that. It has, it can have an effect on your, um, the way you, the way like, uh, you know, you could, you could hear some bad news or something. And because you become so accustomed to like a bad beat in poker, that will affect you less. It will desensitize you. And that's probably a bad thing. Um, but I think it, it can, it can kind of rip the soul out of you a little bit poker. Right. So, you know, I wouldn't really suggest it to 
It, it's it's tricky, you right? Because I mean, listen, you're an ambassador you're represented by ACR now online site. I'm an ambassador of Party Poker. I love poker. I think it's the greatest game in the world. With that being said, same thing. Like I'm not out here trying to push 16 year old, 18 year old, 21 year old kids, people into like quitting whatever they're doing or doing. It's now at the same time, I think it's like golf. You can learn a lot about someone playing poker. You learn a lot of life skills from poker. And if you have good discipline and, and you know, it can be I, my, on my Twitch show, I love to say it's not a hobby for me, but it could be a good hobby and you could work at it like a language. You can learn it. You can get better yeah, at it. You can use Listen, it. And, I mean, I'm yeah. not saying I don't want people to, I don't want people to go into poker. Right. I'm just saying that the truth is, it's very, right. very, very yeah. difficult. Now, you if you be want realistic. to be a professional poker player, you have to do, you have to tick so many damn boxes. Mm. I can't even explain to you. You have to, A, be smart. You have to be mentally tough. You have to be willing to put super hours in. You have to probably sacrifice a lot of relationships. Yeah, bankroll management, to, all this stuff. I mean, it's just so, so, so many things. So, yeah. you know, if you can do all those things, great. Go ahead and you could be a rich person. You you have a good – you'll be good. Right. And, but the realistic thing is it's, it's very hard to, to, to chase that dream. Right. I think it's, I think one of the the best ways you could describe it, it's a hard way to make an easy living. You know, it's like, you, yeah, it's just definitely. like, you know, and also it's changed. So for sure. I, I think that's the best thing you could do is learn it slowly, study some, get to know it, play small stakes, enjoy it. And then if you feel like you're really got a knack for it, you could kick it up a bit, but don't, don't put your, don't risk your, uh, your nest egg or your, you can do it on the slide as well, because in poker as well, it's so hard to, to, um, win in cash. Most people don't win in cash. So, to go sell someone, go be a professional cash game player, it's, it's so difficult. But the beauty of a tournament is you could bink a tournament and all of a sudden you've got a couple of hundred thousand, maybe a million, and you're set for life. Yeah. So, you know, play that. tournaments is a, is a great thing for poker. That's like, true, too. You, like can, you, you can, can yeah, you take a couple shots, sell ball. some pieces, and, and you don't risk too much. And once in a while, yeah, it's like yeah. a lottery, like a fun lottery that you actually get exactly. to control to some degree. It's, exactly. it's a good way to look at it. Um, uh, can you describe the reality of being a poker professional player uh, that you think other people um, not would be aware of? What's like something that maybe like if from the facade or you know someone sees these guys that are active and know the big names in poker and it looks like whatever. Give us a little bit of like a reality of how you could describe it for maybe a behind the scenes look at it uh, at your experience over here. How long have you been playing? 15, 17 years? I, I would, yeah, 15 years. I would say that... Um a gross misconception is the of how much money different people have. So you know, I even saw something. Um, I think I think it was on a Twitch or the Galfon challenge. Someone's like, "Yeah, Galfon's got twenty million, but this is still hard to watch." I mean, Galfon's got twenty million, really. Like, I think people under uh, overestimate how rich certain people, poker players are. Right. Uh, and 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 it really isn't what it seems, basically, for the most part. Right. Yeah, I think that's that's fair. Um, what's your favorite thing to do before playing a game of cards? Like when you got your day, you know you're playing an afternoon game. What's something you're like going to do beforehand? You, is there anything you like to do to relax or just like a hobby that you like to do in general? You know, I always feel like if I've been to the gym, um, I played with the kids, just had a, like, like a, a nice uh, like soulful, progressive day. You know, I'm going to play better online or better live in the nighttime or I've had some nice food or something like that. So I think it's um, for me anyway, it's important to to do all that stuff before I play. 
Um, I think that's it's probably true for a lot of people. I mean, there was a time when I'd just wake up, um, you know, just turn up, turn the computer on and play it. <laughs> Sometimes I even still do that now, but right. it does. I don't think it, it uh, reaps the good results like as if you do everything in a structured routine pre right. uh, before in the day. Uh, actually, I'm with you on that. It, it's it's weird too. Like the working out deal is so powerful because like at least that's good. You know, like you're gonna feel good, endorphins, this and that. But like yeah, I mean, when, if you lose in a session, you don't work out. You're just like, wow, this was like so crazy. If you like work out now, it's kind of like all right. Like if I lose a little bit, at least like you know you're like being. Doing you had that like release of endorphins. You you feeling good. Yeah. You know. So yeah. I think we, that's definitely. I mean, exercise and getting fresh air and that it's just definitely very very important it's, it's huge i remember black friday when it happened i thought it was the end of the world but like i i played soccer my whole life through college i got i was living with my buddy and basically would wake up play online poker all day have chinese food if i busted early play beer pong wake up at noon and it was sick because like there were good tournaments you know back in the pre-2011 there was stuff going all the time like you wake up at 10 11 a.m it's like oh there's a 50k there's an 80k guarantee like you just like go right into it instead of like back then, like, oh, I'll go to the gym, I'll wait. Cause there's always stuff going on. You can lay reg, but it was just like so many times I would just repeat, eat shitty, yeah. play, drink beer late, stay up till two, three, four AM, wake up at noon, go again. You know, and it was just like not not really healthy. Yeah, there's to a toxic thing to do. I mean, I might I might wake up and have a little session now, but it's very, very I don't even play very long sessions now anyway. So right. it's very unlikely that I'll wake up jump online and, and do nothing for the rest of the day. But when I was in my 20s, that's literally all I did. I might just be wearing the same fucking clothes, you know. Right. Just literally just hood up <laughs> in the zone and order a pizza, whatever. You know, but with that, those days are definitely behind me. Right. Yeah, no, it's for sure. It's, 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 I think we've all learned it. I do feel in general poker, at least at the top, like the, you know, you talk about whatever in a spot, but like the guys that are playing at a high level that are doing well, fundamentally, they all look pretty healthy and more like in tune to why that's important. That it's like to compete at the bi- biggest level you need, those little things can make a big difference. And you don't of see course. too many guys it's just letting it go. Small edges. So yeah, in a game of small edges, you need to do everything that, that, that works for you to, 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 push your edge as hard as you can you know for sure you don't have to answer this this is a question here but because again a pigeon is such a funny word and it's like i don't even really know yeah well it's uh, sort of ambiguous but someone says name the uh name your top five pigeons whatever that means to you what comes to mind if you think of pigeons or is that you don't have to answer it but i don't even know like what that would mean i don't know that's just kind of funny to think like i just love that word i really do i think uh, you know it could mean so many different things when i say I might even say someone who's like winning 20K on a session and then uh, gets a massage or something and, you know, doesn't tip something like that. I'd be like, yeah. this guy's so pigeon, bro. Like, right. you know, fucking sitting there getting a lot and you won't even tip. Or, or like, he'll get a coffee from the waiter and he'll ask for the change off, off a 10 pound note right. or a 5 pound note or some shit, something like that. But, might um might make me think oh that guy's a bit of a pigeon yeah like if they, like I, I if someone wins 125k in a private game 125,100 and then they they uh they don't it's tip the 100 that yeah, that, that yeah. kind of stuff's like uh kind of yeah wild, you right? can't really i mean that's the thing in private like i i don't have that if i want 125,100 i'd be tipping like 
I'd be tipping 2100 probably. Right. Like, um, yeah, and it all depends on what kind of game are they taking the thing. But just like in general, like that concept of like and even like just not to give like that that level of like you know stickiness is just that's tough, right? Yeah, you could. Yeah, call I, I, don't, I don't like seeing that. But no one likes it. Yeah, some see. people as well that they, they like kind of know the value of money and they they treat poker as like a real 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 job and uh, and like that money is important to them and that that adds up at the end of the year and everything, but. I just can't really live like that. and um, Can't respect. It's tough to wake up and respect yourself like that. Uh, Do you play any sports? Uh, I play tennis with my son um, a few times a week. He's he's a very good little player. So that's – I mean, I go gym. um, What what about football? Do you follow – do you have a team? Are you in? Yeah, I support Tottenham, but I I kind of fell in love with football. I still play five-a-side maybe – once a month or something like that. Have you? Why don't you? You didn't play during the World Series. You got to come to the World Cup. Man. I know. I, you know. They I need was you. You can need day. you. And he t- he told me like it was sick. And there's big side action you can get. And I'm a sick goalie as it goes. Mm. Uh, I'm only saying goalie because you're American. So you're what do you call a keeper? <laughs> they keep, they keeper. I'm a sick. Listen, keeper. I played my whole life. I understand. I, it's always weird for me. I'm like, oh, football, soccer. It's like I feel fraud yeah. to say soccer, but if I say football in America, it's like you know, what am I going to do? But, yeah, so like um, I was meant to actually play on that team, at the five side, uh, the country's cup or whatever. Yeah, but I think I was playing late and, and I just flopped. But I do want to play this. You should year. go next year. It's a blast. We uh, our team actually we we won it this year again for second time. But it's a, it's it's fun, man. I love it. I'll send you a YouTube, I'll send you a a video on YouTube. I have some like clips from it. You get to see it. So it's actually pretty high level. Um, it's fun. To, it's fun. You know, it's it's surprising how many. Guys can play like competently, and and yeah. I'm surprised. Like across the board, you expect a couple of, like Europeans, but you know, but like whatever. Just everyone's pretty good. Uh, will you go to the Millions Vegas? Asks Teddy Shamaz. I, I didn't even know about the Millions Vegas. They had uh, it last summer. Doing it again this year. Oh, that, like well, that's after the World Series, right? Uh, it's during. It's like they they package a 10k. It's like a five mil, I believe, but. I don't know. You you play in cash games most of the time, other than the, yeah. the main. And, yeah, I mean, like, I, that's, the, that's the only annoying thing about Vegas is like such a handful of shit to do when you're there. Right. Well, not just with poker, but with everything. But but in poker, especially for me, I know that if I went and played, uh, like I don't go there for six weeks anyway because it's, it's too difficult for me to go there. But yeah. but let's say I go three weeks. Um, and I played three weeks of tournaments. I know I've got a huge chance to like do well in the tournaments because the players that play, especially in like the mixed game tournaments or even in the no limit, there's so much dead money there, right? Right. But those tournaments, a lot of the time, they're fifteen hundreds or they're five Ks. Right. It's sort of. I want to bracelet. I want to play the tournament. I want to go deep. There's nothing like that feeling of going deep in a tournament or winning the tournament. Right. So. Um, but then I've got the something little bird in my ear saying, "Yo, there's that big cash action where you can get first place in the tournament if you have a good good session." So it's like it's very hard for me um, to choose what I want to do when I'm in Vegas. So most of the time I play cash and then I play a few tournaments. But uh, maybe one year I'll book some like big bracelet bets and just go and. Yeah, it, it is hard, right? Like you're giving away. It's I, it happens to me yeah, too because I'm the know, exact same. Like, you know, oh, you're a- probably giving away like edge if you if you're gonna go play tournaments and not play the cash. But then a lot of the time, the edge in your tournament is going to be bigger than in the cash game because there's so bad players. But then the, the tournament's only a two k tournament, uh- and you know, so it, it's hard. 
I mean, like an example, I actually, I work with Elliot Rowe on some mindset stuff. I don't know if you do, do you have anyone you work with specifically or coaching? It's pretty, it, I no, like it. No. I started doing it last, like about a year and a half ago, but I, I just remember like an example of that, not to, not as like, it's kind of a, sounds like a, a brag, but this summer I, I, cause now I had a baby right in April of last year. So I was like, I didn't go to the summer for the whole time. I went for like five days and three days the whole summer. So I get in there. I want to play some tournaments. I went to this course and then I was like talking to Elliot and I was like, all right, there's a 300, 600 game at, um, at, uh, on courts, private game. It's going to be a good game. But I was like, there's a, there's a 1500, uh, thing. And Elliot looked at me. He's like, are you, are you, are you crazy? Like, what's your EV in this? Like in a cash game in this game, what could you do? And then what would happen? What's your EV in this? I was like, yeah, you're right. And I swear to you, the first hand dealt when I got there. The, of, you played uh, the, the cash game, yeah? Yeah, the cash game. I was like, I played the cash game. The first hand of the summer, the first hand dealt. I got ace king. This guy had king queen, weird hand, played a little funny. And I, I won 50K my first hand of the summer in cash. And I was just like, and then my head, I'm like, wow, I was really going to go play like a 1500 for like three days, yeah. probably bubble, min cash, not whatever. And like, and that was actually like, but it was hard for me because I love tournaments so much, you know? Yeah. Like I really do. And like, I don't have a bracelet. I think if I had, like you at least got your bracelet now, like I have seconds, final tables, haven't won it. Like I do want to win a bracelet and that's part of my, I just want to do it. it. Well, the, what I do mostly is I, I play cash. And then if if I have a, a bad few days in cash, then I'll go and take a break and play a tournament. Yeah, that's that's a good way to do it. I think that's probably the best way to do it anyway. How uh, someone asked, how old were you when you started playing poker and you got your first big cash? Kind of a multi question. You, you answered this earlier, but yeah, what, what would, would you uh, say you actually started playing? Yeah, but I, mean, I was twenty years old basically when I when I got my first big cash for ten thousand. Yeah, it's okay. And your f- favorite casino? Um, well. I mean, up the Vegas casinos are the sickest, obviously. But the favorite in London is probably the the Vic, just because it's like it's my home casino, and like, I don't really go there that much anymore. But it's been good to me over the years. Do do people stop you like at the, at the casinos there, or other places? Like, do you get recognized, sort of, or in your hometown? Like, do people like say, "Oh, what's up, man?" Or do people randomly come up to you and say, "Hey, like I've seen you on this poker show or whatever." Like, do you ever do you get stopped? Yeah, I do. It, it 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 still does happen. It did used to happen a lot more because of the TV poker was right so much more lively back then, and I was on a lot of the shows. But yeah, it still yeah. does happen. I mean, especially in poker environments, right? Like I would yeah, imagine casinos absolutely. and stuff. So not like you're at the you're out at uh you know embassy and people are probably stopping you as much. But is that still a club? What are the hot clubs in the UK right now? I, I used to go out in like '06 there a bunch. Like there was China White Embassy. China White was sick. Yeah, that was. It's funny. Uh, I actually went to a couple of clubs the last couple of weeks uh, for some birthdays and that. Yeah. There's two like there's two the two clubs I went to the box. Oh yeah, I went there as well. Club. Now the box is like it's that's funky. a little out there. That's you got to yeah. be ready for that. <laughs> I mean, I, I, people said, "Oh, you're gonna like the box," and I went there. Yeah, I didn't like it, but it was fucking weird. Like, right? I don't, I don't know why that's like. People think it's such a, a cool thing, but I mean, it's just, it's different than a normal club. That's not your first date. You don't take a, a skinny there. That's yeah, a, it's, it's, I mean, that. back in the day, you'd be in a loud club, and you know, it'd be about champagne, it'd be about dancing, or whatever else. Now it's about watching the the, the weird uh, dwarf or midget or transvestite, yeah, stripper pole or doing some Bro. super weird shit. Yo, and, you. UK is different, man. I, I remember. So I, my, I played soccer at South Carolina in college, and my one of my best friends 
was from the West Ham youth team and he didn't okay. make it to the next level. And he was, you know, he was like a star at our school. I didn't play in college. Like I, I basically barely played, but my friend was really good. We hit it off. He was this uh, British guy, Io from, uh, but his best friend was Anton Ferdinand at the time. Oh, really? Rio, okay. so Rio, Rio's brother. Rio's brother but yeah. like West Ham was sick back then. They had all yeah. Nigel Rio Coker. They were, they were like 20, 21 year old guys. Like their team was dope. So we would go over to London and I would fly with him over there. And it was like, these guys are dropping 40, 50,000 pounds a night at the nightclub. It was like my first, you know, I, I was just like blown away It's two to one, the pound a dollar. I'm just yeah. like, what's going on here. I'm trying to like catch my, you know, spirit air overseas in the, in the back trying to get there and like, hang on. And these guys are flying. They got Bentleys. I was staying at Anton's house with my buddy and I mean it was it was crazy the first one of the first nights we were out first trips I'm in in there at one of these clubs I forget and I just see a guy bottle a guy over the head I was like what the fuck is that he's like yeah that's a that's a regular Friday like guys are bottling people in the UK back then it's crazy I've never seen that it's never not, I don't think it's like that so much anymore I think it's there one of the my mind, though. No. But UK is like famous for a lot of like head butt, guys headbutting and shit. Like yeah, it's, 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 it's it can be grimy, yeah. But the, the club scene's not so much like that. But it's still aggressive. It, it, London's a, an aggressive city. Yeah, but it, it, it's fast paced. It's fun. Uh, all right, let's say, what do you think of the future of poker? Is poker what like ten years, five years, twenty years? I have my thoughts on it, but where, where do you think what's happening with poker? Do you feel like parties? Do you think these sites are going to be around in 20 years? Or do you I think ask poker- myself that, and I say to myself, am I going to be sitting there playing on poker stars in, in 10 years, just grinding, doing the same thing at 45? Right. And it's like, I don't think the site's necessarily going. I think the big, the, the big main sites, unless something really weird happens, they'll probably still be there. They might be less traffic, but... I think they'll still be there. Then maybe American laws change everything. And there's another boom. So I don't think the poker sites, I mean, while they're decreasing in traffic and, and everything, I think they will still be there in 10, 15, 20 years probably. The, the thing uh, I'd say about that though too is like the, the – listen, it used to be seven-card stud. used to be five-card draw. used to be whatever. Now it's no limit. There's PLO. There's five-card. There's six-card. I hear people are playing now. I mean, I don't even know what the hell that is. makes no sense to me. But like that that's some – there's fantasy sports. You can gamble on anything. There's Like these sites, they're just – you see stars moving more towards sports. Like there's going to be new games where you integrate like poker with – fantasy sports or like whatever right there's always going to be gambling like people love to bet on something so it doesn't really matter i think that's my thought like i don't know if no limit will be there just like backgammon got solved these games get things get solved things get tougher but there's always like new iterations and and such yeah i think backgammon was a a little bit different different obviously that got solved um and and no limit could get solved but still the tournaments uh, i I just think the poker dream of being able to buy in like um a little bit of money and winning a big tournament, that's still always going to yeah, be there. no, for the sure. World Especially series, live. You're the right. World Series is going to be there for, who knows, that maybe a thousand years, who knows. Right. So, um, and, and WPT probably as well. They don't seem like they're slowing down. Even EPT, I mean, I think the tournament circuit's going to stay strong. And I think the, I think the online, will, it may not be as strong, but it will still be there. And as you say, there'll be adjustments. People are clever, you know. Right. Uh, the, the owners of the sites, they're going to know how to, to, to help keep it alive. And, and I don't think it's going to change that much. I think um, it will just be a, a gradual, maybe a decrease in, in volume. But I right. think it will be still the same. 
It'll make it. What uh, did you say? I'm sorry. I think I asked you, but maybe in a, a multiple questions. A uh, favorite place to vacation? Where's the spot you've been where you're just like, man, this is sick. I'm gonna go back, or you love it, or you go multiple times. Um, well, one other poker spot I do go to a lot is uh, Monaco uh, for their EPT, usually in May. I do like it quite a lot there, it's, even though it's like expensive and it's a little bit douchey and that. But it's just like a um, an hour, well, yeah, an hour flight or whatever. So I do like there, and I like France in general. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I haven't been to anywhere like super exotic. I like the Bahamas. Obviously, the Bahamas is sick. Yeah, yeah, they, um, they do a good. I haven't been, really been on many exotic holidays in a while, so. Okay. Um, what's someone asked? What's wrong with the UK right now? In your opinion, uh, this Brexit thing did that get pushed finally? Or I thought I saw yeah, something yeah. done. It's official or no? I mean, yeah. I'm out of the loop. Yeah, I think there's a, there's a few things wrong with the uh, with with the UK, but I'm not big into politics and yeah, I'm politics, religion. Those are those aren't the most really. most exciting things to discuss. And and always fifty fifty, right? You're gonna it's hard to really get it right, I mean, especially when we're not. Yeah, we're not. I'm not following it. I didn't even. I don't even know if Brexit happened. Like legitimately, I think it. Yeah, I think it was like uh, it was supposed a, a, a to last week actually. Yeah, I saw something about it. Um, all right, we saw some of the same questions. Uh, how does high stakes affect your normal life? Does it do you, do you feel like does it does it change you at all? Like winning, losing six figures, or are you just kind of like at this point you're pretty balanced? Do you feel like it affects your life? Um, it I say it, it I it definitely affects it less than it used to. Um, I I still get affected by it. Like you know, if you go to if when you wake up in the morning and you've won fifty k the night before. You're waking up with a spring in your step, yeah, and and you can have four hours sleep, and and you can go, and it's all good. Yeah. Now, if you lost fifty k the night before, you can have a big long sleep, and and you don't wake up so happy. So it yeah. still does affect my moods, definitely less than it used to, and I'm trying to make it um, yeah. affect it less. But but when That's... you do play high stakes, even if you have the role to to um, to wither the storms of the of the swings. It, it still will affect your mood just because just the numbers are so big, winning or losing yeah. 50, 100, 20K, whatever, just it, it is going to affect your mood. It's natural. Like just, I think that's something you see a lot in home games too. And just in general cash games, like it's the same thing. If I'm on Twitch streaming, if I win five or six K, like I feel great. If I lose like 10 K or four K, I'm just like, you know, damn, like I was a day of grinding. I lost. So like, you see that. I think people chase like on some of these apps. I don't know if you play any of the private apps or different things, but like guys, in general, just play different, like stuck. People don't like to see that red number. You don't like to put it down on your sheet as like, oh, I lost 12K, even at a high stakes game. Like you might risk 60 to get like that 12 back or you start flipping and you just don't want to have L's. Like no one likes to lose. I think that's And the thing is in a live game as well, You could. it's so obvious when someone's winning or losing. Right. You could be on another table in a casino and you could hear someone chirping. You're like, okay, yeah, he's winning. Um, you know, a live game, you can really tell in someone's face and, and their mood whether they're winning or losing. Um, yeah, it's true. It's it's true. I mean, that's what my dad always said, you know, win as if you expect it, lose as if you like it. And I think those are the most dangerous. Like what you say, you guys losing, taking bad beats or not running well and he's chirping, having a good time. Like you're going to be like, yeah, that dude's got his shit together. Like everything's probably cool. You see a guy that's yelling at the dealer, shit, losing his shit, cursing, just like tilted. You know, you just look. You're going to pick on that guy. And now you're yeah, going to go. Yeah. Now you're going to think he's an easy target. That's right. what I was telling you before yep. about when I'm tilting in like a, a big game. I'm not tilting. I'm still playing solid or whatever. But 
but the steam is coming out of my ears and I'm just sort of talking to myself. And now my big blind is probably a lot easier to steal than it was half an hour ago. Right. Or, right. Or, or guys are going to, guys play. are going to, they're going to just look to get in pots or like, yeah, they're going to look to, you're going to give off some more tells than you did an, an hour before, because you know, you'll see a, a, a nasty card and, and you'll react to it. You go, oh, fucking hate that turn card or whatever. Even though you know you're in a live pot, you yeah. should be or you start that. you start folding out a turn. You're on the button, and it's like you're on the yeah. phone, and you're folding, and it's just little shit that just like. Yeah. Um, what's your What's your favorite food? I like I like sushi. <laughs> Sushi's probably well. Japanese food is probably my favorite, like high end Japanese food or. Yeah, that's my favorite. Do you, do you ever go out of your way to tilt people? Like, is that part of your game? Like, do you like to kind of nudge people or try to get them going? No, I, I mean, obviously, I, I tilt people, like, online, and I, I troll certain different people. But, like, face-to-face, I, I never really want to see someone in pain. I don't tilt people like that. Um, right. As I was saying, you know, I see, I see people do that in live games. Like, I see people purposely trying to tilt Jungle Man, um, like – and uh, it's not right I don't I don't I don't do that needling shit I will do the needling shit like on social media or like away from the table but like you know not at the table really unless I really dislike the person like and I thought he was a complete cock yeah you know they're doing it to others or trying to do it to you you can engage I'm not not, yeah I won't slow roll no one or nothing and yeah Anyway, someone asked, what is your favorite moment? Let's just do poker because I know you have two two children. I would assume those are, you know, that's pretty pretty beautiful. But uh, favorite moment, let's go poker moment. It was probably when I won the World Series, even though it wasn't like, obviously it was good money. It wasn't like the most money I've ever won, but just that final release when my eight was better than his eight. But he stood pat and I stood pat behind and he winced, and then I knew I had him. And that, I just, I just remember just like cheering because oh, yes, uh, and that was just a, like a, a very, a very free moment. That's yeah, it's, it's, that's it's cool. a release of a, a lot of tension, and it was sick. That's awesome. What? What? Someone asked, "Would you sell your Pusera? What's that mean? I don't even know. Is that a car? I, I saw. I don't know what that means. Okay, maybe it's. Uh, I'm not sure the length of some trend. opinion on jungle man. We already covered that. You're, he's a jungle advocate fan, a supporter, right? All around, just nothing Absolutely. but positive things. Um, Chad McMean says this must be a listen. Yeah. It's a little unfortunate. We're not live first time ever, but it's not live. There's some issues, but this will go out on all the different uh, outlets. So I'll be, be up there for you guys. Uh, what made you successful at poker? What tips can you give an aspiring pro for success? Give someone coming up a grinder, someone who's got like all those attributes, boxes ticked, they're able to do it. Give them some advice on how to, to, to smooth their ride a bit to the top or just to make it as a, to do it for a living. I would say don't take it for like, if you've got all the, if you've got good talent and you know, you're winning a little bit and it's going all right, don't take it for granted. Um, Keep going. Don't get. Don't start betting in other places. Don't start sports betting. Don't start DJing off in a casino. Don't do anything like that. Just stick to what you're good at. Um, a lot of vices around. That is no doubt. Yeah, that's true. There's a lot of like access. A bad people. At time. I mean, yeah. great people. Some of my best uh, friends. Well, poker, try not to take people. Try not to. Um, yeah. Borrow people that you don't know. Um, try not to. Try to believe in yourself. Try not to trust too many other people. Try and do it. It's a solo job, so try and do it kind of on your own. Um, try and walk out as well. Try and exercise because you'll feel uh, you'll feel great after exercising, and yep. that will just help you with your mindset, and it will just help you with your day. And 
and and lead to better results on the tables. Uh, yeah. Good advice. Um, are you uh, you smashed the twenty five fifty no limit hold'em ring games in full tilt with? remember the full flush one what memories do you have about that time was like what was it like for you playing online poker back then was way different and your expected win rate i guess you know per day are you playing for these crazy amounts of money back then like what was that like do you have uh, great memories uh from then was it all fun or was it was it pretty like were you were you sleeping a lot or did you go to bed at super crazy times during the uk probably the games were more geared est PST. Yeah. like and now also i want to know about your sleep as well like what your normal st- schedule is but tell me about that time and how you were yeah. You know, those those were very fun times because it was literally like I would win like ninety eight percent of the time. Like every day, I would win. I was such a favorite to win on the day. I I really just had like three hundred thirty, three hundred forty, maybe three hundred fifty winning days out of the year. Like for, for that year, for the two thousand eight and two thousand and nine. So, so so that was a pretty sick time. Very exciting. I just knew I was like a favorite every game I jumped. In. I was only playing no limit heads up. And, and some no limit ring game and I just just felt I had an edge and, and I did have an edge and um and it was just it was just a sick time. And to be honest with you, without like uh without like blowing my own trumpet, I kinda get these feelings a little bit now. I've been kind of doing well on poker stars and when I open up the app now, if I just stick to the games that I know I've got an edge, I haven't been so I don't have the I don't win at that type of rate. But if I was just to sit there at eight game or just at the stud eight and or Raz oh eight, my best games, it, it's like I just I just I'm winning so much there. It, it's it's a similar feeling and it's it's a really it's really nice. It's just uh, you feel you feel like it's never going to end as well. So right, so you're, cool. in, you're in. But the I need to stop. But I need to stop jumping around in other games and. And do that, but at the right. same time, I need to practice in other games. So I'll find a balance. <laughs> yeah, and no one's blaming me in my games. So, so we'll <laughs> what is what your I games? Have. Give me your games. Order your like top games. So you're, someone asked about no limit or PLO, but you're you're not playing no limit really, right? Or not much? Or well, not they're in the eight game. That those are dead. To, they're both in the eight game. No limit and PLO. Um, I say my best games are uh, the the stud games, the three stud games, stud, stud, high, low, and Raz. Um, also, Booster Seven's definitely top five game of mine. Uh, maybe even top three. And um, Omaha High Low is a top five or a top three game. But those five games, I like Limit Hold'em as well. I know that the, the players on Stars and the Limit Hold'em specialists are probably a little bit better than me at the moment. But I'm holding my own versus them. I'm not losing to them, so right. I'm, it might not be better than me. I'm not sure. Um, they, there's certainly no one at this moment like better than me at, at stud eight and, and O eight and. Um, how, so some of that that brings me to my next understanding. Someone asking about how you study. You say you don't really do like GTO, PO, these kind of things. But like when you're learning a new game like that, when you're bringing into these mixed games, how are you learning? Are you talk? You're talking with people. You're playing. Well, you're practicing, but just play you, so much. You know, I've just right. put in so. I've play, you know played played mixed games now for. Oh, nearly ten years or so. I played, I've, I've played them when I've been a dog. I've, I've, you know, I've been through the hardship. You know, I was a dog at them for a while. I, I played them. I lost. I lost. I lost. And now I win. I win. I win. So that was my study, and I, I put, put several hundred thousands down the drain to now be able to win. How, how, do, you, how do you find a spot to study and get feel the blood? 
and get it. Like you said, you're putting money in, you know, you're like, you go into a new game and you sit down online and you're just like learning. Like, how do you balance like to go to like the high stakes where you're going to feel it, but you know, you're not a favorite, but you want to give a little, like, where do you go and, and figure that out? Like, all right, I'm going to play two, five or five, 10 or 10, 25, or I'm well, going to play the this. That's the thing I've got right now. It's weird. So I'll be on poker stars now. There'll be zero action. So I want to go, um, play no limits basically i'm gonna play no limit to to train or whatever so i i look at it i see um because it's in the, zo- the zoom tables right so i could play 50 100 25 50 10 20 or 5 10 now if i was real real nerdy and everything i would just play 5 10 and just and and just put my hours in there and, and get a bit better there so, but then I play the 510 and it's just a bit too small and I'm not trying or it's just, it's not quite perfect, basically. I may be three-betting too much, I may be way happier to shove all in on the river or just do crazy plays where I wouldn't be like that at 2550. Now, the 2550, that's a tough, tough player pool, but that's the stakes where it gets my blood going. So that's, yeah. that's where I've been doing it. I should probably stick to 1020 where it's um, where it's where it's cheaper. But at, as, uh, overall, I'm not actually losing at no limit at the moment on there. So I'll probably I, I could be running good, or I could just be I, I could be getting good again. Who knows? Um, but I'm gonna stick at sort of 10, uh, 2550, and if if it starts to go bad, I'll probably go go back down to 1020. Uh, but yeah, f- 510, I, I feel like I fuck around too much at that state. Okay. Um, someone asked about, do you continue to partner with high stakes? What can you tell you about them? I know you've done some stuff with them. I saw you wearing their stuff. I actually, I've never used that site. I guess what's that where they like do stuff. Do you do anything with them or what is it? Is it a, is it a forums or it's just, what is it? It's a site. No, they've got a poker site though. I used to be with them. Um, it, it's, I mean, it's not, there's not much traffic on there. They run high stakes DB. Okay. Yeah. Um, you know, I kind of don't like, um, a lot of the stuff they do on that on that forum you know like you always see a story like and it's always just a negative story about mm, someone you know? yeah, it's like kind of kind of the rise and fall of eric lindegren or the rise ivy's bad decade or so-and-so scam it's like come on man it's like right they don't need to do this shit but yeah, uh, they, a- they need to hit their traffic it just feels a bit low okay i get it uh, yeah I, I honestly don't know i've never been on there but i do i've heard of it i know about it i just i didn't i didn't realize if it was like a news thing or if they do the tracking or what exactly uh, they did i've seen it before but it was way you know what they was they used to do the tracking for the, the yeah that's what um, i kind of remember like way back yeah they the used day. to do the tracking and then i think something happened in 2017 and they didn't track anything anymore um so so now they have to put out all these bullshit stories just to to keep the traffic going and to keep people interested but right uh, i get tilted actually when i look at it and, and and see some of the stories on there to be honest with you all right fair enough um do a few more there's so many i don't we're not gonna be able to get to all of them i don't think but we've uh uh someone asked about vegas online uh what about william kasuf someone asked about william kasuf he's a uk guy he talks a lot when he plays he's kind of a character 
what are your thoughts on um, overall on him? Do you think he's like good for the game, or is he like pushing it? Because that's actually interesting. I didn't even know this that in the I was in Nottingham. I'm probably pronouncing it wrong, but I was playing at Dust Till Dawn, and I played with him actually in a tournament. And he was just I had never actually played with him. I've seen a little bit on TV, and I know he's like pushes it but it was just every hand i know you got the king i got the ace of hearts this that every hand he's like saying the shit and it, really, isn't it? it's a bit much but he it's weird that you can do that because like the rules it's like these are some major series millions party one of the biggest series there is but like world series you can't even we talk about doing the it in the main event wasn't he, he was getting all sorts of um <laughs> yeah but it's like just different because it's completely warning. different rules you can do that you can say anything yeah. over in the uk but you can't talk about the weather in the in america while you're in a hand so it's kind of like there's got to be a better balance or a rule because it is kind of like takes away some of the fun i think honestly i think people are a bit scared i can't tell you how many times i've like tried to engage with someone in a hand just like about something like oh you got it or whatever like, you can't do that and that seems like a bit like it's a bit overkill where you can't like engage with someone you know and that's sort of I where it's at a lot. well you can't do that in america say, what do you got or like do you have it like that the, the dealer will be like no talking while in a hand like no talking to the player shit like that yeah I didn't even know you yeah. could do this in America. Yeah, I'll give you. And, and honestly, I think it might even be more that the uh, the um, they don't even know exactly, and that's just like they err on. That's like what they're taught to sort of just shut down, you know, because there's they don't want to like whatever. But it's just like it's just so different, you know. It's kind of weird, and that's I think that's part of it that kills like the banter, the engagement. People kind of get scared like to not talk because that's how they feel it is, you know. And it's good. I think it's good to have it, but it, but the kasu factor is kind of like out there too. It's an outlier, he, he, so it's, he's kind of one of a kind, and he's kind. It's a bit cringe what he does, but like. I get it. He's not the best poker player and he wants to have fun. He's kind of a recreational player, actually, and he just kind of wants to have fun and he likes the sound of his own voice and whatever else. So it's like, let him do his thing. I mean, if, if you get if, if, if I was at the table and he was being real outward, I'd, I'd say something. But I don't right. think he steps too out of line. He's just like, it's kind of annoying more, more than right. anything. Else. Yeah, that, that makes sense. Um, let's see. Uh, do you have a favorite color? Random. I, mean, I like green. Green color. I like buddy. green, blue, probably second. Nice. Um, all right, let's do a couple more, and then we're gonna do this giveaway. Uh, someone asked, "You, what about drugs? Like, do you, are you marijuana? Do you like anything? Have you been to Burning Man? Do you explore? Do you ever go to? Do you like festivals? Do you like to get get? What, what's like a party? Do, I might do a festival sometimes in like um, in London in the summer or whatever. I've never been to Burning Man. I heard it's very sick. You I don't think go. I, you gotta go though. That's where I, I met my wife. I would go though. Like, it, I like a shower. I like a hotel. I don't like Airbnb. I like it all very nice. So, like, living in a campsite for X amount of days, I don't know how how I could do that without sort of getting too tilted. <laughs> if I was very high on whatever of substances, maybe I could. But I don't do drugs. Like, I mean, I smoke. I don't smoke weed anymore. I've quit. I haven't smoked for about three, four months. Um, but if I was to go to Burning Man, I'd assume I'd have to do that type of shit to. You don't. I mean, maybe like, I wouldn't, but it's ever. It's a place. I wouldn't be able to go to Burning Man and just happily not have a shower and fucking and all that shit. It's just you gotta, not. You got a misconception. It's a bit misconception. Like the camp we're in too. You don't even need the RVs because like they built. They have it so optimized now where everyone's there's like private showers. Like it's so, it's dialed in. I mean, you're gonna get dusty, but like you you would love it. You should go one time. You should. It's okay, a, man, it's, maybe I will. Yeah. I mean, I don't I don't do drugs though. I don't do any drugs. I I, I might I'm, drink a night out. But I don't I don't even have like alcohol with dinner or or anything like that. So. Um, you know, gambling is enough of a drug as it is, you know, that fucking 
that's enough. That's true. Someone just said, are you offended when someone calls you a gambler? Like if you're told to be a gambler, is that, do you think that's right? You're a poker player, you gamble, like what, where does that side with you? No, it doesn't affect, it, it used to, when people said that back in the day, it used to trigger something, but nowadays it doesn't. I, I, I am a gambler. Someone's asking your total profit amount with poker in your career. It's kind of a tricky question, also a little personal. I actually don't even know if I could tell you mine, right? Because it's like, it's just like it all kind of blends together. There's like tournaments, there's cash games, there's pieces, there's staking, all this different stuff. Like if you had to give an estimate, don't have to give your exact number. Don't even have to say anything. But like total, like profit-wise, like is it? it's kind of hard to even put it into. Like so you buy shit, you do stuff, right? Like it's kind of hard to really I've know. I've got a big spending habit as well. Like right. I, I spend like a lot of money. I think that's that. what people have to remember. When you talk about you, you talk about these guys that you see. Now, granted, there are poker players that are broke. They're in makeup. There's a lot of like n- that kind of stuff. But the ones that have done well, like ultimately you're talking about guys that most of us started where you're putting on 50, 100, 200 on on an online site and you basically, you know, you're building up from it. That's the cool part about it. You're not really risking yeah. like you're like a businessman and you lose a hundred million or something. It's like, all right, no, like most of the people that have done well and started at the beginning started with like basically from the ground up. So everything you see, whether it's our cars, the house, the stakes are playing, it's basically comes from almost in theory, nothing. I think that's, I mean, that's an interesting way to look at it, but yeah. is that, I mean, I think, uh, uh, It'd be hard to it'd be hard to quantify it, but I think it's it's certainly over three mil, and but it could be over ten mil, and it could be it's probably not over ten mil. But I right. think it's somewhere between three and ten. It's crazy. That's a wide range, but it's true, right? Like you really you start yeah, thinking about it, you're like I don't know. It's hard. It is hard. I would say tournaments. I'm probably small winner, and I'm no, I'm probably because I've won decent tournaments like online whoops and stuff like that, and then cash for a bit live of my pendant mobs like 1.5 or something i don't think i'm in for 1.5 and probably right. not even might only be in for 500 maybe i'm in for a mil right so tournaments probably up a mil maybe overall and then cash yeah hard to know i want to i want a lot of obviously had a few bad years but I, I would say yeah somewhere between maybe three and seven mil something like that all right, that's nice. Nice to be in the black. Uh, Warren Lush, he he did mention kind of it was random because then I ran into you and I, and I you were on my list of people I'd love to have on, but he kind of mentioned it too. What how well you know Warren? You known him for a long time? Well, he used to work back in the day even for all the TV poker things for party poker. So me and him, he's he's decent banter and that. So oh, yeah, he's he's a he's a he's a character man. Warren so Lush. yeah, I've known him a little while. He's he's witty. I do like him. Good dude. Uh, all right, we'll take our last one too. A Galfun challenge. I saw there was some back and forth. Is that something would that interest you? Is there anything with that, or is that? Just yeah, something? it looks like. Well, the thing is, we were gonna maybe do it for February, but then his schedule basically got fucked. His Venavidi uh, challenge took longer than he thought, and then we were talking maybe two weeks ago, and he said he can't do it till after the summer now. And I would love to do that versus him. Um, <laughs> I think he's um, yeah he's a good poker player. I don't think he's I don't think he's ever been that good at mixed games. I, you know I shouldn't even uh, listen if they put a price up on poker shares or whatever. Yeah. Um, if I'm like one point five or less or, or more, just just go all in. I, I think the odds of me beating him over like five or ten k hands at eight game is like ninety five percent. I just I can't see how he could win actually to be honest. Uh, I don't know if it will definitely happen. Um, I'd love it to happen, but 
Uh, I don't. I don't know if it is gonna happen. It's I, also I, those these challenges. Like people don't realize how in, intensive like time it is. Like these twenty five thousand hands. Like you gotta have. You play multiple tables. It could take. It takes a long time. I mean, yeah. Galfond. This, this is one challenge he's in. It's like not even a third of the way through. And it's exactly. Like, it's a lot of that. I, to be honest, I don't think he's gonna even be able to get through all those challenges. I don't think he's gonna do the action freak challenge after this. I mean, he's he's just gonna he's probably he's a big favorite to lose over a million in this in this challenge. So then he's gonna to have to yeah he's gonna maybe want to do a softer challenge with Bill Perkins. He might get back his money or get back some of the money that he lost there. And then what he's gonna go and play action freak and have a fucking horror time there again. I don't see it. Yeah, so tough. maybe he just says fuck all these other challenges. Let's make a show, Luke, and we do it a lot earlier than uh, than the summer. Maybe we do it earlier, and and that and that'd be good. But at the moment, it doesn't look like we're going to do it till after the summer. Okay, and the last one here. I do. There's been these fights: Rast, Mizzy, uh, pretty intense one. Busquet and JC Alvarado. You see Elky and and Lex. Uh, is there any? Does that kind of stuff like you? Are you into fighting in this UFC stuff? Like, would would that ever interest you in any way to have some sort of match like that with someone, or just no interest at all? I don't know if you ever boxed or even cared. Does that would that be like fun for you? Someone that you kind of want to like, you know? You, I you don't did. Like I did like uh, one of those white collar boxing fights a, a couple of years ago. Okay, and that was fun. That got the adrenaline pumping. And Who was that against? I don't even think it I was against a, this, a random like Bulgarian or not Bulgarian, but Eastern European. He was a big lump himself, but <laughs> I felt like I edged it a little bit. They, they called it a draw. They always call these things a draw anyway when it's close. Like, yeah, unless uh, someone gets. Uh... Yeah, but but actually, I, actually, I did win. Actually, he actually. 30 seconds towards the end of the fight he kind of came in and gave me a hug and said let's allow it so he didn't really want any more of it actually so yeah i was technically the winner there but but punch for punch it was it was kind of close um i almost missed marley's comment here marley just wrote something pang ting i don't know what that means oh it's it's because i wrote something i I wrote something on her thing anyway don't worry about that all right i don't know what that um, means yeah i would i'd do a challenge versus someone it would have to be um you know i wanted i called out doug loads of times i'd love to give him a nice lick in the face i'll tell you what like all the you talk about it It would have to be i would think someone like oliver biscuit he he would be a a tough challenge Uh, he's he's ripped as fuck that's for sure um, I, I do quite like that guy, though. So I, yeah. I don't know. If I, I mean, you and Doug would be. That would be like. I mean, that could be, I'd, that could I'd, be I'd like. Pay a, to do that. I'd pay to do that. That could so. be pay per view, like an opening card for like a legit, uh, you know, like a, a yeah. real fight or something. Like that would be. That would be the highest. Uh, ticket item in poker for sure. People but at the same time, stuff. you know what? That guy is such a pigeon these days. I wouldn't even want like. I, I want his. I, he's just no, no one. Like he wouldn't do it anyway. So it's kind of silly even talking about. If he was, I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not singing up, Doug. I'm just saying. I'm just asking. Like if that. Yeah. If you would ever. If like it was presented the right matchup and someone that you really just thought it would be fun. Because like it's nice to not. You don't want to have it where people are trying to like tear their head off. But you, if you got a little little uh, little bit of a side thing with someone, or you just kind of want to get a yeah. few, few knocks in, you know, that Kevin Hart and Antonio was pretty crazy. I don't know if you yeah. heard about that. That was, I mean, I was he with them when he was weird. He was ten to one, thirty to one, bro. Thirty to one, thirty-five to one actually is what he got. I think thirty-five or thirty. Now I'm not sure. thirty-five, like 35. fucking five for five. 
Antonio's like six foot. Yeah, and he got to train for a year. One. Yeah. We I had mean, a million dollar. Team. We had a million dollar on the table for twenty to one, like day of the fight. The guy, a friend of ours, wanted to bet, and uh, I was. I actually my. So my son was being born. It was like April twentieth. It was like days before. You know, I was my wife was about to pop. I didn't go out there, but uh, in our group of friends, like there was a message, and the, it was it was like twenty to one on a mill. Or I'm sorry, twenty to one on hundred k to win yeah. to and and. Uh, like I was, I mean, it's easy after the fact, but yeah, dude, he's probably like five to one or four to one or something, or even three to one. Like you got to, it's a snap. I mean, he won. He won. He was probably a flip. Right. Yeah. 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 yeah for sure. So that's kind of sick. But price fights anyway, a lot of the time. Yeah. That that's true. Um. All right. Well, let's do it. Let's knock this giveaway down. I think that we've covered pretty much most of the questions. You did set the record. Uh, this wasn't live, which is a bit of a bummer. Doesn't really matter, but kind of nice to. Uh, I think people were anticipating to to get to to live it live, even though it really doesn't matter much. Um. Anything else you want to close with? Anything? I'm gonna go ahead and print uh, copy. We're gonna let you choose when the giveaway goes and. Uh, anything else you want to talk about or, or mention? No, I think we we covered a lot. I've, I mean, I could talk for hours. Me but, too. Like, Me too. I got yeah. I got to take a take a leap. Yeah, and I, I got a game to here well. today. Um, we got a lot, and I know you're busy, man. It's also late over there. Our last question, though, I did want to ask you: bed sleep schedule. What, what's your routine normally? Is just kind of whatever's going, or do you, do you are you like a four or five a.m. guy? Do you try to go to bed by midnight? Just depends. Well, Games I have go to late, do right? run like four days a week, so that means I have to wake up at seven thirty. So basically, sometimes I do, I will end up playing late um, because just there'll be a good game or whatever else. Um, and, I, and I might go to sleep at five in the morning and just go on the school run and then uh, sort of go home and go back to bed. But then I'll like miss the gym and it'll fuck up my routine. So I really like to go to bed usually by like one or two o'clock, get six, seven hours yeah uh, something like that on weekends i sleep in a, a a little bit more i can stay up a little bit later Fair but, enough. Uh, yeah any any prop bets any big bets oh actually i did want to cover this was important oh, i did have a i did have a funny prop bet actually um yeah. so i was we was playing with jungle man and um we were doing press-ups and we were talking about press-up well first actually it came about we was going to do a weight loss bet and we did do a weight loss bet and we we both we both um that's why I'm actually lost quite a bit of weight because uh, I was like 100 kilos, which is 220 pounds, right after World Series. And um, I wanted to lose weight. And I said to Jungle, oh, do you want to do a bet? We both do. It's like a 40K fine if either of us don't do it. And he's like, yeah, sure, three-month bet. So we both did that. Anyway, but on the same day we placed that bet, we were talking about press-ups. And um, and there's a thing called a clap press-up. I don't know if you know. Yeah. You do a press-up and then clap and then press-up and clap. Right, and we got to talking. Uh, basically, jungle. I can't remember uh, how it came about, but I got fifty to one odds. What? That I couldn't do thirty clap press ups in a row. Okay, and um, and I thought I was. Uh, this was a great fifty price. to one. I, who cares, right? Like fuck it. Yeah. You're just like it was a great price, and um, and I was I was a hundred kilos. I was very overweight um, at the time. But I thought, you know, if I post 2,000 here yeah. and it's for 100 grand, I might be able to just about do it. And, uh, and long story short, I just fucking did it, basically, yeah? Wow. And I literally, I was, like, dying by the end. Then there was some That's arguments, awesome. like, oh, did I do them good enough? And there was some arbitration and that. And 
you know, basically everyone said I did do them good enough. Right. And I kind of felt bad. I ended up um, giving him like, I got 42,000. So I gave him 58,000 back. Pretty, which, it's pretty generous uh, settlement. But yeah, don't, don't, dude, those, I always say better than That was a man. sick prop bet though. Like, uh, I've got the video of it. I was going to post it one time, but no, I never got around to doing it. And like, it was, it was fucking sick because I couldn't have done one more. Like, I was dead on the last yeah, one. Yeah, just, I hit just the stone lip. Well, did he get to what he got to watch you do it though live yeah we were sitting next to each other live yeah okay yeah yeah, yeah i mean i'm telling you all these like crazy bets the bicycle rides all this shit i've been a part of a lot of wild bets yeah you, you had a fuck would you have a, a rainbow tattooed for five hundred thousand? i don't want to confirm the figure but it was uh it was it was high it, it got it was crazy tell him i'll get a rainbow tattoo on my forehead careful no but you don't understand you don't understand the best part was we were in amsterdam and we were walking on the streets and it like came up there was like tattoo parlors everywhere and he's like oh you know do you have any tattoos and i was like no and i was just like yeah me neither and i was like yeah you know i was like you know and then he was like how much do you have to be paid and i and i was like thinking about it and i was like bill's crazy i was like I don't know, you know, I know he might snap it off. And it was like the quarter of the size of an iPhone 5. That was like what we agreed on, on like what, how, and then it was a blank thing, what it was going to be. And then uh, I said a number, finally, like literally like a long time later, he asked me, I just didn't, I just didn't really want to do it. Cause I just didn't want, I wasn't thinking, I wanted to really think about it. I said a number, I was like, there's no way he'll say yes. And then he was just like booked. I was like, fuck. And I was like, I got to do it. Like, I can't not do it at this point, but and you were able to get it removed as well after two years or so, right? No, well, it's I still have it, but it, it could get removed. There's there's stipulations to it. It's a bit – you know the sickest part? I'll tell you the sickest part of the whole story was one week later we flew back and we were in Florida for the first ever Alpha 8. And, you know, I, yeah, same thing. I sell action, whatever. Bill had a big piece. And we were – I played it as 100K. They got 21 entrants or something like that. I'm final three. And Bill's like, if you win it or if you get – he's like, if you, you hit this amount removed. of more, you can take it off. So a week later and um, the, this kid, Silverman, Steve Silverman, I think his name was. It was me, him, and Jason Tran. Yeah, I know. So what? And uh, he, I think he had like – I don't want to say the percent, but it was something super – you know, he was very small. And we were at – we sat and took a break for like dinner. And we were – we looked at the numbers like ICM chop. I was in second and uh, it was like – I think I ended up getting – 360 but jc and i did a 50k saver so i got 414 but the number that would have been if we just did a three-way deal it would have it, it, it qualified for my um get it off like because it was it would have been like 700 each or something or 680 wow. or something and then we don't do the deal like a couple hands after dinner i get it all in with two pair versus jc trans flush draw to knock them out be heads up with the chip lead and he just bangs it on the turn and then the uh and i'm and then i was still in and then i get out but like literally i'm like a, a hold away from being heads up qualifying and then i and now here i am five, like seven years later i still got it i mean it's all good i'll get it at some point honestly i forget about it i really do other than when i'm like anyway let me, is it faded I don't know. I don't even. I, I don't look at it. Come on, <laughs> yeah. Anyway, Luke, I can't. Come on, man. The memory's too strong. Right? Oh, bro. Luke, the next our second. If we our next podcast, I'll put it on for you. How about that? Right. We'll do another one. You'll be a repeat guest for sure. Um, yeah. So prop that world's crazy. All right. Listen, I. I. This is. Uh, we covered a lot. Let's do this real, real quick on your count. Let's do the the giveaway here. Someone's gonna get a fifty-five dollar ticket courtesy of Mr. Luke and well, congrats on the ACR signing. This is a party poker ticket but uh congrats on doing that the deal with them and uh tell me when all right whatever giveaway i'll get that they've got 110 for me on acr 
Damn. All right. Look at that. That's uh, we got. We got. We're doing records making. Look at this. Luke's out here giving away. Very generous. So you tell me when, and someone's gonna win the fifty-five, and then a one ten. We'll make it one ten on party. I'm not getting blown out by Nagy and. and Let's we're make gonna... it two twenty then. Yeah, two twenty. A two twenty giveaway. Two twenty, big man. Two twenty for you from from you from ACR. Two twenty from me on two twenty from you. All right, deal. Fuck. I, I, I'm just signing off on it. If they say no, I'll I'll, I'll handle it. So two twenty, two twenty. So we're gonna do. Uh, we're gonna give us one person two twenty and two twenty because you can only do once on this thing. So someone's winning four forty worth of tickets right now. Exciting stuff. You tell me when. Now. Oh. Well, we're gonna have to redo that. Just like we had to redo on our start to the stream. I copied it wrong. One more second here. Damn, man, a tech, technology, technology, not my, my forte. All right, we're going to copy this. We're going to go here, and now tell me when. No. That is a $440 giveaway in the books. And uh, Don Yugoslavia, likely from Yugoslavia, uh, is going to win it. So we're going to message him. And uh, boom, that's uh, that's big time right there. Luke, I appreciate it. Uh, thank you so much, man. This was a blast. We will definitely have you on again. And uh, good luck on Absolutely. the high stakes, everything else you're doing. Legend of the game. It's on the, it's on the thing, the PLO or uh, GOAT of uh, UK poker in the, in the mix tonight. Appreciate it. Give him a follow on Twitter and we'll see you soon, man. Nice one, Jeff. Lovely speaking to you. You too, bro. Have a good one. Thanks, guys. Luke Schwartz, also known as Full Flush. That's him. This will be up on iTunes, Spotify, all the places. Check it out and enjoy. Leave your comments below. Let me know what you think. And we'll have him on again. Thanks for listening to this episode. It was brought to you in partnership with Party Poker. Go to PartyPoker.com to play tournaments, cash games, and improve your poker game. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast to hear all of my future episodes.